Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. And guess what? It's the three-year anniversary of Screen Vomit, so that's badass, to be honest. And if you like the show, you can follow me on Instagram and everywhere else, at Screen Vomit, one word on all the things. Send me an email at ScreenVomitPod at gmail.com. You can also support the show by following the Patreon at patreon.com slash ScreenVomit. There is also full video recording of this episode up on there currently so check that out and today baby oh my god we got two filmmakers on the pod filmmaking duo of Josh Bukowski and Jordan Tatuski. they um, write and direct movies together they have a feature Hannah Haha out right now doing festivals so check that out you can follow their feature on Instagram at Hannah Haha movie to see where that's going to be We did accidentally talk too much before recording, so some of the preamble is uh, kind of in here. You'll figure it out. Anyway, here's our conversation. You're doing you're doing the good the good deeds <laughs> seeking out short films. It's a hard I guess so. <laughs> hard thing to find, you know, people an audience for any short film. So yeah, that is we, true. We thank you. We thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, I sit on my ass and like watch a lot of TV, and then people just go, "Thank you so much. You're amazing." And I go, "Me? Okay." Oh yeah. No, for, you know, when uh we saw you, you'd watch the shorts, we were like stunned that anybody had seen them. Like, oh man, this is crazy. Like. Not only someone watched them, but they seem to like them. Like that's Aww. that's the inst- <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. Not used to it. yeah. I mean, I think I've seen most. I just um, Jordan saw one short on your Vimeo that I hadn't watched, but I think I've seen everything else. The one I don't remember what it's called now because I just saw it. Uh, it's uh, like Sharon twenty minutes 66? long. No, oh, I've seen that one. Ball, that was actually ball, the first one. Balu Vias. Yeah, that's we don't it. we don't talk about that one. We don't talk yeah. about that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Was that a student the... short? <laughs> uh, it's just uh, it's it's like uh, seven years old, so it's yeah prehistory. Yeah, mm. so it's archived. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk much like the first twenty episodes Actually, of my now podcast. That, now, now that you're uh, bringing it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna don't I'm... take it off. I want to watch yeah, well, it. I just, I just gotta quickly. <laughs> delete the video give me no. a second no, at least make it at least make it private don't delete it you may want to okay make it private but um send me the I actually password. just uh i just got rid of the hard drive recently so, I gotta... <laughs> so yeah i saw sharon 66 first i think was that on no budge or something it was it was mm-hmm. our last no yeah. budge uh allowance what does yeah. that mean <laughs> they a- a- after that it was uh they were they rejected hannah in april mm which is mm-hmm. which is formerly Hannah Haha the short film, right? Right. And it was a it was a tough day. Ah. <laughs> well, you know, you'll get another one on there. Maybe they'll put the feature on. Josh, why don't you really add sick. to this? Give us your thoughts on this. I, I got no thoughts on this. I, uh, he has I a lot appreciate... of thoughts that he's not uh, gonna. We really just... should probably wait till we start the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I gotta save it for the pod. I've never been on. I've never been on a podcast. Before, oh, is this but... not part of the podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not trying to prolong. Uh, but I can I, put it in yeah, there. Yeah, put it in the podcast. Okay, we'll put it in the pod. Um, <laughs> let me let me have final cut on your uh, podcast and I'll, uh, <laughs> yeah you don't have to grant him final cut if you want to just edit it for me i will gladly give you the job <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm quick 
editing easily the worst part. <laughs> I, I keep everything in, as you as you saw. Oh yeah. The, uh, we oh, used I'm every, the opposite. We I cut used everything every, out. <laughs> we used every single shot uh, of every film we've ever made. Oh yeah, nothing on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Making great use of your time. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shot chronologically, just beginning to end, everything yeah, yeah. in. Very yeah. little editing. We just it's, a, it's actually ed- edited in camera. We have to cut precisely <laughs> we want. If you've never noticed a jarring cut, it's because of that process. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also editing this. You know, you know who else computer. did that? Huh? What? You know who else did that? That who? guy who did Hard to Be a God just used every fucking shot he did well, that i can believe <laughs> endless <Yeah. laughs> this movie was okay endless. don't, don't, yeah, don't save, talk about the movie yet we have to save it we have to save first of all you have to shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> until we're recording <laughs> i am jordan tatuski yeah i'm josh pakovsky all right and we're on screen vomit hello <laughs> hey <laughs> absolute clowning before um before the recording mark <laughs> we'll see how much of the pre uh, ends up in the pod but hello we're now in screen vomit <laughs> so welcome to the pod y'all <laughs> hey yeah thanks for having us thank you now they're shy <laughs> i'm not shy i'm not shy i liked i liked a lot of that stuff from before though <laughs> you liked it better than the during so far <laughs> That's no, your I review. Just it was good. I just thought it was <laughs> good stuff. It was good stuff. So we were talking about um, your films and specifically how they've been rejected from major platforms. <laughs> no budge. No Go budge on. the platform. Uh, short of the week. Uh, there's one other, I think, but it wasn't as Yeah. This is this our time to list to air our list of grievances? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Jordan's good. <laughs> it's public. Put them on blast. Yeah. <laughs> But you're still doing stuff with your features, so who knows where that'll end up. Uh, right? Seattle, Luca, uh, Sarasota. Oh, so you do know specifically where it will end up. <laughs> and then we got some others uh, coming up, too. So specifically, these are the locations where uh, your film, Hannah Ha will be. True? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Are you, are you, are you, huh. You're in Indiana, though. So I'm you, in Indiana. Got it. But I've already seen it twice, and I, I have the. Thank you for watching it. I have the yeah, secret Thank you for watching it at all. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I sent Kayla a rough cut, I think, back in mm-hmm. September or something. Yeah, a long time ago. I don't remember when exactly, but yeah, it was a while back. And uh, you know, people send me links to stuff they're working on that I don't know uh, fairly regularly. <laughs> <laughs> people just send me their shit, but uh, I will say. There's not a lot of the time that it is good. <laughs> so it's always refreshing when it is. Wow. So you saw you saw an early cut of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was wow. I was sending that link to everyone, but I'm not supposed to say that. Yeah, the early cut. <laughs> Did you see like do you saw the later cut? Like Yeah, well, I, I yeah, watched yeah. it at um Slam Dance too. Okay, okay, yeah. good. Okay, okay. There's, yeah, I would say is the cut is... that's on the Vimeo link is that updated or is that still the rough gut? No, no, that's updated okay. now. But but when you had initially seen it, yeah. it was uh, in early yeah. form when we were struggling with it. <laughs> Not yeah, yeah. But, but you, you seem like to like the rough. You you liked the rough cut, right? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Amazing. And I well, I watched the short. Thanks for watching it twice before. too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to see how different it was. Very and... different, right? I didn't remember. I mean, because there was like months in between mm-hmm. when I saw yeah. it initially and when I saw it again. 
And to me, it seemed more or less the same. I, I guess it probably was a lot different, but I, I just had lost a lot of the details at that point. Mm-hmm. To you know, I wasn't watching it every day like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure like the major story and all that was basically the same and, and everything like that, and like structurally, you know. Yeah. But that's cool. I'm, yeah, thanks for watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I forget how I even came across James, James Runda. Rundy. Rundy. <laughs> oh yeah, because he That's, did he rate it on Letterbox or something? He rated it on Letterbox. Yeah, he he rated uh the <laughs> Hannah the Hannah and April mm-hmm. short, which was formerly Hannah Ha Ha, and then uh I think I think he shot at your direction, and then uh yeah, well I love James Rundy's shorts so much, I wanted to see what he likes to watch. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that sounds kind of perverted when I say it that way, but. <laughs> My only interaction with him on Letterboxd or was on Letterboxd where um, I, I started following him because he, you know, reviewed one of our movies. And then I left an unpleasant uh, comment on his review of the Beatles documentary, <laughs> which I hadn't seen. You dragged but, him. Uh, yeah, because he said that, uh, you know, he was clearly anti-Paul. Okay. You mm-hmm. know, and, uh, and you're pro-Paul. You take a pro-Paul stance. Yeah. I mean, I haven't mm-hmm. seen the documentary. So, you know, for all I know, there's a lot of negative stuff about Paul in there, but I just felt yeah. like I couldn't I, I feel mostly it's... negative about Paul. Uh oh. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like John. I think John's the the mm. good egg in that. Well, oh, you got to watch the documentary. Have, have you heard it, John? Isn't he Lennon? like abusive or something though? Oh yeah. That's not uh, the part I like about John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he like he he like he just wrote a, a handful of these like really good songs. Mm. Yeah, and he was a good guitar player. You think I he's think. a great guy because he wrote a couple good songs? I didn't yeah. say he was a guy. I, I, that, wait, <laughs> is that what I best said? Best member of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, in hot water already. My Jordan. favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's where I start easing out of frame. You know? <laughs> Audio gets quieter and quieter. Yeah, Damn. yeah. <laughs> All right, I, I gotta watch the doc. Thank you, James Runda, for the recommendation. And, I think it's uh, Rundy though. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out when he comes on the pod, James. Oh, he's Shout on out. the podcast soon? No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so tell me about y'all's, your meet cute. <laughs> what's you guys' story? You guys make movies together, but what's your um, um your origin well, story? We grew up in the same town and uh, we met in sixth grade. So we've known each other for a long time. You met, but how? Let's talk about the the big the big beats of uh <laughs> I don't really remember. We were both I, I think just I, odd I, odd kids. Josh was an antagonist and I was a protagonist. Oh, um, okay, okay. And uh I, I I I had a hero's arc in 6th grade where I stomped on his leg and suffered no consequences. <laughs> and uh, and uh <laughs> Seventh grade con- contentious. Uh, we played while my guitar gently weeps at a cabaret show. Together. Yeah, we were in a band together briefly. Oh and, yeah, um, <laughs> I was the Lennon and he was the uh, Paul. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna reference the Beatles. That's Uh-oh. right. Yeah. Wait, uh, <laughs> you were the John again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why would you? <laughs> we just had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the I was the Ringo. I was like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. I was kind of the. He's clean. He's clean. Yeah. Was, yeah. Ringo innocent. The, the yeah. ha- I had nothing to say in the band. Uh huh. Yeah, I think we sort of were kind of like in and out of being friends, you know. Mm. Uh, and then I think near Josh, the end of high school, did you come to my bar mitzvah? Oh, okay. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Holding uh, on to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll save that for later. Um, 
<laughs> I I think so. We've just known each other a very long time. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember the exact. You know, um, I do remember talking a lot about Stephen King in middle school, though. That's like my only real memory of sixth grade. It's just bonding over heaven, yeah i was reading like, like the king. worst stephen king book you're reading I, eyes I, of the dragon yeah, exactly and i looked <laughs> yeah. up from the bust and i was like it's so easy to get lost in stephen king's brilliant writing some shit like that and and josh had read like the stand and i was reading the children's book he wrote and, <laughs> and you've been besties ever since that's right no no oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. There was a you lot were on of in- again, off again. Yeah, on again. <laughs> We've said he didn't go to your bar mitzvah. <laughs> Best frenemies, right? Is that the expression? Yeah. So yeah. you stay in frenemieship now? <laughs> nah. Yeah. No. Oh, I was I was gonna say it uh, segued into a stable a stable relationship. Uh, yeah, a, a oh, functional yeah. working relationship. You know. <laughs> Just strictly professional. <laughs> yes, yeah, we never talk outside of movies. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't talk outside of movies either, not really. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess when you think about it, we really mostly just talk about movies. But, yeah. <laughs> but in a friendly way. I'm just curious, do, do you make stuff as well, Kayla? Or are you mostly uh, a viewer, a critic? Uh, where where are you on on this? Uh, like, do you, do you also make stuff or...? Um, no. Well, I used to be a musician, so in some ways I made stuff, uh, but no, (laughs) I don't make anything in terms of film, no. Um, I've thought about it, but... It's just, it's just so cool because you, like, watch short films, which is something that, like, (laughs) is very niche to, like, I think filmmakers specifically, and it's Mm -hmm. like, I just don't hear a lot of people who are not in the film world watching shorts True. as a thing. So it's, it's I respect it's, yeah, it's I have I have a huge respect for short films, for creativity in general, I think. Uh, I respect above all else. And I think short films are a huge purveyor of creativity because you have to be creative with in in many ways, and more so than features even in, in some ways. Like you have to be more creative with your budget. You have to be more creative with your time. Like how you tell a story in less than 20 minutes less than five sometimes depending you know like I think that's sick and that uh there's a lot more variance in short films than there is in a lot of other uh visual arts and a lot of other visual material I I wish more people thought like that you know because uh it'd be nice if we could just make shorts (laughs) you know and continue making shorts Mm because they're faster to do yeah yeah, the amount of, like, time and commitment you need to, I mean, like, because, yeah, we only really did shorts for a bit because just, yeah, the amount of time, commitment, money, mm-hmm. organization you need to pull off a feature, there is sort of this accessibility bar. How long did wise. Hannah take you guys? Well, Hannah, this the is, feature... Is, this is a different, yeah. It's, yeah, it was, it's like... it was very fast. We basically filmed <laughs> the Hannah in April short in March. Not the short, then... the feature. Well, we filmed the short in March, and then in April, we basically wrote the script no, no, for the in, feature. No, no, in... May in April we had a bunch of shitty ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we, you know, yeah, then, we wrote an awful script that failed. Then in May oh, yeah. we wrote the feature script for Hannah Haha, and then and then in June we were like, all right, we're gonna make this. Here's when we're gonna do it, and we just made up the dates without really checking, having anything together, and then just sort of forced it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, it, the, it came with, together kind of fast. And then we just kept talking uh, in pre-production, like we have to win Sundance. We have to win. <laughs> yeah. 
we're setting achievable goals for ourselves. <laughs> well, you basically won Slam Dance, though. Sorry, but not Sundance, cool. just for <laughs> Yeah, Jordan's still upset. <laughs> Slam Dance is the cool Sundance, though. <laughs> that is true. That yeah, is true. Uh, and for, for clarity, I am joking. Uh, we didn't think we were going to win anything, so. Yeah, yeah, we really didn't. Yeah, the slam dance one was incredibly unexpected. We were actually expecting when you watched the rough cut to be like, this isn't going to win slam dance or any festival. But, <laughs> but you didn't say that, and that encouragement helped. <laughs> Not saying anything helped yeah, you go yeah. forward. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't remember if I said if I gave you any feedback after I watched initially. I don't remember. Maybe you do. <laughs> what, what what were we saying? DIY mm. filmmaking. You know, I respect DIY too. Yeah, this, the feature was very DIY. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of like improvisation, both in terms of acting and in mm. terms of just rewriting making. on the spot. Yeah, rewriting on the spot, like shifting things around. Yeah, recasting suddenly things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there is like a, it's very stressful, but in retrospect, now that like, you know, you have the rose tinted glasses, you know, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, there's like a lot of nostalgia to it. And there's sort of like a satisfaction to be able to pull it off at the time, you know, I definitely think it probably like shaved a year off our lives. You know, <laughs> I, I disagree. It, I feel. Yeah, you think it added one to your life? I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I was uh, on my way out and then we made that and, uh. Now, now have reason to live. Damn. Okay. <laughs> My man was gonna pass, and now he's alive. So you know, yeah. that's what movies can do for you. <laughs> yeah, if I'd known the stakes were that high, I would have worked a lot harder <laughs> earlier on to would have taken make a, a feature. Few, you would have given a few more years of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, should we get into the movie for today? We probably should. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, y'all have picked this film, and I don't know which one of you has, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, yeah, we're very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we feel enormous guilt at the decision we made that brought us here. <laughs> I do regret we couldn't watch Inherent Vice, but uh, Jordan vetoed it strongly. Oh, okay. I, would, I wouldn't say I pushed for hard to be a god, though. It was like That's a true. Compromise. It was a compromise. It was like neither of us really wanted to watch it, and then... Hard to be a god is a real. This situation is a really funny, uh, like microcosm of our decision making process. We make decisions okay. together because, like, I wanted Inherent Vice because I've seen it, love it, yeah. love the book. Jordan wanted Son of Saul. He's seen it, loves that movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, these movies could not be more different. And mm-hmm. the way we compromised was we chose this movie. <laughs> Twenty thirteen <laughs> Russian film, Hard to Be a God. So, how did you even? Well, we, we were movie. both pitching like '70s films, and one of the one mm-hmm. of the requirements Against was my that. Rules. Yeah, I, I know, and and so like <laughs> we were really struggling because we both have like a list of '70s movies that we, <laughs> if you like, were to Venn diagram, all our interests are mm-hmm. only in that era. Um, so we we came to Hard to Be a God, and uh, as I guess we both have like like I remember around when it came out, us watching the trailer forever ago, like in college, and. Uh, just talking about it. Had you heard of the movie before, Kayla? No. Okay. Yeah. Sorry again. It's, it's got <laughs> yeah. a really, it's a, it's a really strong trailer, but yeah, I think I'd heard of it for a while. Cause I, uh, it's based on um, a Russian the Strugatsky book. book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Strugatsky novel. And uh, my dad, my, my parents are Russian. Mm-hmm. Or they're, they're from, uh, they're from Ukraine technically. Um, uh, but they grew up reading this stuff. And mm-hmm. so like, 
I've actually read this book, but a long time wow. ago when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, like, I know the story from that. Did you um, have more context, do you think, than... Uh... Only slightly, because I don't remember the book very well. But it's one of my dad's favorite books. Um, but it's also, like, they wrote the book that um, Tarkovsky's Stalker was based on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, like, iconic Russian sci-fi that kind of stems from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, I guess, is technically sci-fi. Just technically. <laughs> yeah, like the okay. main. Su- yeah. Kayla, are, are, are you a fan of uh, Andre Rublev, by chance? Mm, no, oh, I mean I don't know who that is. No, no, the the movie Andre Rublev. It's mm, it's bit, no. <laughs> it's like a much. It's a much better film. Rublev? If you're looking, Andre Rublev uh, is a better movie. Um, just in general, or like, is there a tie? <laughs> Well, there there was like I had promised my roommate who watched it with me like an Andre Rublev esque experience, you know, because all the promotional materials described it as like okay, okay. Andre Rublev, <laughs> but for the millennials. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I don't so, know. so neither of you I don't had think that's true. <laughs> no, neither of you had seen this film. You'd just heard of it. This was yeah, your just first... heard of it. Okay, okay, okay. It, it was like circulating on a set I was on back in 2014. <laughs> mm-hmm. The whole crew like was between watching there was a that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were gonna watch that or Wet Hot American Summer and settled on Wet Hot American <laughs> Summer. Which wow, yeah. the pairing. <laughs> Quite a choice to make. Yeah, I, I also walked out of Wet Hot American Summer. I didn't walk. One out could of argue this, this this was like a sort of wet and very wet movie <laughs> possibly hot <laughs> yeah impossible to tell not american uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it just looked incredibly uncomfortable and not in like a good way like not in the uh you know it didn't put you in that son of saul or come and see like yeah territory it was haven't like, seen any that... of those films by the way <laughs> you... those are the other list. those are the ones that we were also talking about but yeah i like how you just said those are you know uncomfortable in a good way <laughs> versus this is uncomfortable in a bad way well no i mean like i guess there is no this is, good this but like <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely true i just mean that two of them are great films one of them is not and uh the one we yeah i feel well, bad i guess we should probably get into this because are, you know, are we supposed to like the movie for this podcast <laughs> no not necessarily just... you don't have to like it this is this is an honest discussion mm-hmm. and that's so kind we're gonna of what do a takedown of this film, we are gonna do a us. takedown beats well, okay. by beats but... <laughs> you know, I'm actually, I actually think there's one good thing about this movie choice, which is that uh, we didn't plan this, but Jordan really didn't like it. And I actually liked it. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't expecting great. to. So okay. I think that there's some, you know, good. We, we've been here. aligning on a lot of movies, though, mm-hmm. throughout our life, honestly. Yeah, this is but the first now. time we've ever this is the first time we've ever disagreed on a fight? movie. Wow. Yes. So first public <laughs> fight. More to come. Definitely Your first not fight last. and it's public. OK. And it's public. That's right. <laughs> so you weren't aware um when you selected this movie exactly how challenging it was going to be i didn't think it was challenging <laughs> i thought it was I, certainly challenging. it was a difficult was, movie the question is not is it is it or yeah. is it not challenging <laughs> the question is you, did you have an awareness of how challenging it might be when you selected this for my podcast <laughs> wait i what? did not realize how uh, how is my answer not good <laughs> because jordan it is like it's a three-hour movie that's like glacially paced <laughs> utterly disgusting like no plot to speak of i think people would call and that it's in russian <laughs> and it's in russian like i think most people would call that like you know not an it's easy challenging. Watch. yeah 
you know, when you're already like sick in the head, like maybe I am, maybe y'all are. I don't really know <laughs> your stories, but I'm going to assume we have some similarities. Yeah, we haven't, some we haven't common presented ground. ourselves well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that it's maybe a little well, less challenging than think of like a normal person watching this film. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying that like Andre Rublev, like not challenging but amazing, and this movie not challenging and not amazing, and come and see. I would, I would say we did not realize. I feel yeah, like I'm we getting good answers, but I'm feeling like my answers, according to you, Josh, yeah, are not good. They're not good answers, huh? <laughs> well, you're not really answering the question, which is, did we know what we were getting ourselves into when we selected yes, this movie? Yes, yes, yes. Mm, okay. 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 I just, um, I just feel like... I didn't like... contradict myself there, right? I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't you don't agree that it was challenging, but you do think you knew what you were getting yourself into when you selected this film. I guess I guess I didn't. Yeah, because you you were just you said yeah, you said it looked cool and you were disappointed by it. That's what you told me, so I think you actually <laughs> Alright, we got the we got this one straight straight. We yeah, we it. figured it out. Yeah. We actually can move beyond the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, were y'all <laughs> familiar with this director at all prior to this? No. I, I wasn't. No. No? Okay. Yeah, me neither. Um, okay, before we get actually into the film, which we kind of have a little bit, but not really, I'll just run through the critic scores, and then I'll have one of you guys read a plot summary. How about that? Can um, we do it at the same time? Or? You can. No, if you I want. don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm um, curious about these. Let's hear these critic scores. I'm actually really curious about this because I've I've it's no like time 93% to... on Rotten Tomatoes. It's something crazy high. That's actually exactly what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's Damn. 93%. <laughs> and, That's cool. Uh, I also do the Google user score because I think that evens it out from uh, what normal what, people what's think. What's the letterbox, Dulcie? <laughs> well, Google users is 68%. So 68%. Significantly okay. less, but still. I mean, higher than I would think. I higher guess. than I would have expected to, I think. Yeah. I don't know what the letterboxed is. Are you looking I, I got I got a question about what? the letterbox Because, like, I'm thinking of giving it three out of five stars on Letterboxd. But well, don't say what people... stars you give it. We do that at the end. Sorry. But, <laughs> but people, people say. Jesus. <laughs> 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 the reason I'm asking, though, is uh-huh. do you think three is a good rating? Because this is a big debate between... <laughs> Kathy and I. Oh, just like in general, is because I think the number three, three is a negative. Mm. Yeah, I think three is a negative review, and everyone else thinks that's like a good score. Which well, is I wouldn't say good. Thing. I yeah, wouldn't say exactly. good, but I would say not bad. That whoa. Let's get into this later. I would I say. <laughs> yeah. I would say two and a half is like unwatchable, but three is unwatchable. Good. <laughs> two and a half, I wouldn't say is unwatchable. Yeah. I would say it's like kind of bad maybe made me feel nothing but didn't piss me off enough to give it a lower score three Mm -hmm. is like just better than that jordan if two and a half to you is unwatchable then what does one star mean to you yeah or better yet half a star like if if the bar is so like i guess i i just think like uh you know like how there's like a threshold and then everything is the same you know it's like two and a half like that cutoff is it's almost equal to one or a half star in a way but it actually is higher um, than than one or a half. That's like right. The thing. <laughs> Numerically, yes. Yeah. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no further thoughts. Yeah, he's just, he's, yeah, he's, he's mulling it over. <laughs> 
numbers. The math equations are going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Take no, a screen I... grab of that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> prepare to be memed. Um, <laughs> okay, I have this little um, plot summary. I don't know. Do one of you want to read it here? I pasted it in the chat. Jordan, you should do it. As both city, le- I'm the worst reader of of the two. Do of a voice. Just read it. Yeah, do a As, voice. Uh, can you put it up again? It's in the chat. <laughs> You, want, you said do it as a voice? No, just read it, just read it. Just read it. As both city leader Don Reba's grays, soldiers so named for the color of their uniforms and the blacks in the powerful religious order all, Josh, how do you say that? Vi? Yeah. To round up, torture, and execute any artisans or intellectuals. A group of scientists from Earth go undercover as local nobles of divine descent, observing the atrocities all around them and trying to insinuate some sort of enlightenment without resorting to their own violent intervention. Yet, as one of these earthlings is discovering, it is relatively easy to go native, but hard to be a god. So I would say everything here <laughs> is fucking incredible, but the movie itself <laughs> does not represent any of this, like, any of this, like, barely any of it. Because it's every 10 minutes someone's putting shit on their face and piss, <laughs> and it's like, it is not what. So if you're listening to this and that sounds like, Ooh, I must see this. Uh, you can skip it. You can read the plot summary. You can use Wikipedia. Read the book even. Get, I, I, well, what if the book is just every ten pages someone putting? No, the shit book's really. Dumb. I mean, I hardly remember the book, but it's it's. It's like not a, just pissing shit. Being no, no, it's just like a more straightforward people. like. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Josh is uh, that's Josh's first defense is that <laughs> the, the movie is pissing shit every 10 minutes but the book is more straightforward i will say that uh i've never been like so grateful that a movie was black and white and not in color <laughs> because like there were so many times where i was just like really glad i couldn't see like what exactly was being smeared on like someone's face yeah you know? yeah like, yeah <laughs> that's not merciful. a good de- that's not a good defense of the movie <laughs> merciful use of grayscale yeah that's true it's not a good defense i guess we'll, we'll go through the movie mm-hmm. um sorry am i skipping ahead again no you're fine <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> and if it's bad, guess what? I'll cut it. So you don't have mm-hmm. to worry. <laughs> I, I'm really liking everything so far. <laughs> Great. I'm glad you're having a good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we will get into each aspect of this film. I think I have them pretty chunked out. Uh, nice. I think this will probably be one of the more loose episodes we've done. I think if if anyone's watched the film, you'll kind of understand why. <laughs> that there's much less of a um uh discernible plot and much more of a lot of other things so (laughs) (laughs) you know we'll do what we can here Mm -hmm. i think just a little background on like uh the lifespan of the production of this film uh i think is kind of interesting so this book came out the book you've mentioned it's based on a book uh came out in 1964 and four years later in 1968 this director wrote the screenplay for this film and uh, got permission to shoot it um, in 1968. Okay, keep in yeah. mind, this Oof. film came out in 2013. Okay, so we're getting there. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the many oddities <laughs> of uh, yeah, the production. Yeah. Um, because of Russian censorship at the time, uh, was forced to stop production in 1968. It took two decades before it came into production again, uh, only again to be stopped (laughs) also around that time 
another film adaptation of the same book was being undertaken by Peter Fleischman. I don't know if that ever came out or what, but they stopped doing this because of that. You have something to say, Josh? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you were going to talk about the the other there's like a german one with herzog in it or something like that mm. well i don't adaptation. know about that one even <laughs> yeah apparently there is another version of the movie that has Werner herzog in, but i didn't read Hell too yeah. much about it i just saw that it exists and i was like oh maybe i'll check that out so after all of that finally they started filming this again in the year 2000 and filmed for six years <laughs> over six years and uh ended Sorry, in 20- when was it initially when did they start filming like when did they initially 1968 film so there's when, footage from 1968. I, in I this? believe it was. I, I, no, I, I believe they were in pre-production. Oh, meaning they just cut out like. I read that he before. wrote the script then. Yeah, he like, wrote the script. I think it was in pre. So like he wrote the script okay. and they got permission to start shooting. They were like working on getting that together and then were forced to stop. So well, in I'm this case, like, Jordan would probably be on the side of the censors, right, Jordan? You would think that they were right to censor this. Film <laughs> well, I, I was the... <laughs> I, 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 I was going to make that argument that like, you know, You'd also think with like 30 years of pre-production, mm-hmm. you could have done a little bit better than that, you know? Um, yeah, maybe the Stalin guy kind of had a point, you know? <laughs> they said it was censored for being politically inappropriate, so. Which is really interesting because I feel like we're going to get more into this, but the like ideology of the movie I found kind of like, that was one of the things I found interesting about the movie, I guess, is trying to like figure out the movie's position and what it was trying to say ideologically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about like Russian history specifics to like Uh, speak in an educated way (laughs) about any any uh, symbolism or comparisons between what's happening in this movie and what was happening in Russia uh, at the time. But maybe you do. No, I I don't really either. I guess to me, what I thought um, because my dad usually. I've read that there is connections, but I I just don't know enough about it to really. Well, a lot of this stuff like. A lot of the, like, fiction from this time is, like, a lot of times allegorical. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's favorite story about the Strugatsky brothers is that they would sort of mask criticisms of the Soviet Union in, in like, science fiction so it'd get past mm-hmm. the censors. And so I was kind of prepared for more of that. And now having read the book in a long time, I'd forgotten. But to me, the movie actually seemed much more an allegory about, like, fascism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Germany specifically much more than had anything really to do with the Soviet Union, which I, I thought was interesting because I was sort of... I mean, you know, growing up uh, in like a ex-Soviet family, you're basically subjected to just, a, or you know, I shouldn't say subjected, but you hear a lot of like anti-Soviet criticism that ends up getting, you know, perhaps a little bit tedious after a while. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of prepared for more of that. But I was, you're to me, the movie. You're you're pro-Soviet. <laughs> I, was, I just, uh, you know, it's, there's like a certain uh, like cynical cast to a lot of the you know, anti-Soviet rhetoric that just gets like a little tiresome after a while. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's all just very like aphoristic. It's like little like ironic sayings or jokes about it. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, I guess I was I was just sort of you know uh, to me the movie is much more about like fascism than it was about the Soviet Union or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know. I we can, we can get more into that later. I, I guess. But I, I was expecting it to be much more about Soviet Union anyway, and and it felt like it was less about that. This was actually um, this director. All of his other films were set in Soviet Russia, and this is the only one that isn't, which is kind of interesting in its own way. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Is, is that specifically because it's on another planet that this takes place? Or is yeah. it like, I, I might have missed if there was like an obvious, like, you know, pre-Renaissance like place it was supposed to be, you know, but like. No, it was, it, a, it was another planet. Yeah. 
No, no, I meant like yeah, but like if it was like uh, one of those like parallel, but I I just took it to be another planet. Like if I think I think it just yeah. yeah, I don't think it's supposed to like necess- I think it's just a planet like ours, but the never Renaissance never through, happened, yeah. and yeah. I th- I think that was also uncharitable because I don't I don't think you know even even if the Renaissance didn't happen, I just can't imagine people would be doing what they're doing in this movie with the piss and the shit. <laughs> you don't think this is you don't think this was accurate to living in like the dark ages ah uh, we don't know who can say <laughs> i guess i just don't think like from an like if i didn't have any resources like technologically or like information you know or education like i don't oh, know because be... there are people currently in this present day and age who like think drinking your own piss like gives you health benefits and that's like a nathan fielder joke no People, people do that. It's real. That's it could be a joke, what? but it is also real. <laughs> That's where is that happening? Yeah, Jordan the moving same... the jar of piss from out of frame on the camera. <laughs> Who is doing this? What kind of sick fuck? Yeah, what the, yeah. <laughs> Was this like a Joe Rogan episode? Um, probably, but it yeah, does sound it's the same crowd. Rogan-y. Yeah, yeah, it definitely <laughs> seems like of that crowd. <laughs> Yeah, it's a thing. You know, there are people who like drink bleach because they think it'll or they feed their kids bleach because they think it'll cure oh. autism and stuff like this. Like, there's oh all kinds God. of like. That's like an autism inducer, no? <laughs> it's like a death inducer, oh I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know, maybe. But it was a whole thing. Like, I don't know. We don't have to get into it, but I do know yeah, yeah. a weird amount about it. <laughs> Because people shit out like parts of their um, intestinal lining. Oh my god! And it looks like worms. So then they were like, "Oh, if you take this, drink this bleach, you shit out the worms that are parasitic and causing your kids to have autism." But it's not worms; mm. it's just um, actually oh. your intestinal lining. Oh so. In a way, god. that's actually pretty on brand for the mm-hmm. film as well as well. You know, yeah. one of the top. So in a way, I already like I'm coming into this on a level that like I'm kind of honored that you guys would. Um, pick this movie for my podcast and like already just somehow knew that I'd be sick enough to watch it. <laughs> I'm just like thinking if I could redo our pick, I like would have fought harder for something like. Well, look, that. there's always next time. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. We're... Yeah, next time it's like even worse, you know. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, solo or something like just another upsetting movie. Um. Ugh. Okay, so back to the production story of this. So it was filmed over two, from the year 2000 to 2006. And uh, this man, my man died in 2013. And the film had still not uh, been completed after all that time. So basically spent his entire life uh, devoting some amount of energy to this oh. film. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> over a big Over 40 bummer. years or whatever, 50 but years. But he's not the only Russian filmmaker to do this. Um, I'm sure he's not. Yuri Nordstein has been working 50 years on uh, an adaptation of The Overcoat. Um, and like Avatar. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's one to look forward to. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah, unlike the Nordstein. <laughs> yeah, we hope yeah. that one will never get finished. <laughs> um, and then after he died, his son, Alexei Gehrman Jr., uh, completed the work on the film. So... His son's also a filmmaker and has already, in his short life, made more films than his father did over all of those years. So, um, brag on dad. <laughs> I did read that, like, the film, I think, was, like, mostly there when he it died. It was the audio. The audio was what was left. Or Well, that's uh, an interesting production thing. I, I read that they didn't actually record, like, any sound Mm-mm. while oh, shooting. And it was, like, all in post, basically. It was all post-synced. 
So it uh, all of the the dialogue and the sound effects, um, everything that you was hear, that like a budgetary like thing? No, they, that's like, actually part of his style. Oh, he does this other times too. He does this in all of his films. Whoa. Yeah. I wonder if we should give other films of his a chance. <laughs> we can check it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's probably some that are worth checking out. Like this one. I don't know. They all seem to be kind of political. They're all based in Soviet Russia. They're all shot in black and white or very muted color. He's also known for casting non-actors. Ooh. I just took notes on that because I'd never seen any of his other stuff, but he seems like a filmmaker, I don't know, who has some amount of a following. Mm-hmm. So we can start the movie. Yeah, I've taken I've taken some notes. Yeah, I wrote one page and was like, uh, you know, I don't even think these are doing anything because the other notes are like something and then like stomach turning or like <laughs> you know, this moment like utterly revolting or like hell yeah. <laughs> that's most of what my notes. Ended you have up all being. the pull tags that they put on the DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. all you wrote down. Different ideas for yeah. pull tags. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so you did give a plot sum, but it's so hard to follow what's happening in this movie, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it is like 30 male scientists go to this planet. The planet is like 800 years behind where we are on Earth, and they're killing all the smart people, and all the Earth people are trying to help Loki save them, but they can't interfere with their process and what's going on there they can't let it let on. I think all that, like up to that point, it is clear, but then- as one because con- it's being said in a voiceover exactly. as one <laughs> narration. Con- as one like <laughs> continues to watch the movie, it becomes harder and harder to gauge like who the scientists are and who yes. isn't the scientists because they're all yeah. basically the same in terms of behavioral like. And then the only distinctive characters are the like you know like these these uh, slaves that wear wooden like squares over their necks but no mm-hmm. chains and then like uh, they have chains some yeah. of them have chains but a lot of them are just like free roaming guys <laughs> with like little squares around their neck and then, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and then obviously our lead character who has like a scaly armor and has convinced people he is a uh the son of a god or like they they made yeah. a mistake or something i it, i don't and he perpetuated it 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 is very hard to tell characters apart. I think that was like definitely especially a at the beginning because yeah. there's so yeah. many characters. There's so many like actors in this film. It's like mm-hmm. insane. As much it's as crazy. I as much as I purely want to rag on the movie, mm-hmm. I did like when we like see him have this meeting with other scientists. Assuming I interpreted that correctly, there was like a meetup in some like. Mm-hmm. It seemed like some of them were voicing. They had like, a little BBQ. Yeah, exactly. Like okay, mm-hmm. so I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like that much was understandable, and then after that, it was like a descent into like this. Yeah, it's a little choppy. I, after fe- that. I felt like I was watching a film on loop. I had a hard time even getting up to that point. Like even just the beginning, I'm watching what's happening. I'm trying to listen to or not listen, but read whatever because it's in Russian. Uh, the voiceover parts, mm-hmm. um, but there's also so much visually going on that even that's kind of hard to follow. And the language is like a little complex. Like they're not just saying it in simple terms all the time, and sometimes they refer to things with different language. Um, that even that was like yeah, sometimes it, hard it, to follow. Like, like why would you write tobaccoist as opposed to like the tobacco grower? You know, yeah, or something you know, like, that. like um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and, might and be a failure on the subtitler's part, though. Could be. But because there's there's so many characters, it's hard to know who's important. 
at the beginning too. Like, who are we supposed to yeah. stick with? It even the main guy doesn't come in for like a couple minutes. Um, yeah, though he does have a he has an amazing in, sax, like the intro. The saxophone solo is incredible. Yeah, didn't yeah didn't yeah the saxophone solo is a whole separate thing. But his intro, where it's just like this like cavernous room. There's just like sausage hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> and then he just like pulls himself up. Oh over, yeah, like, and then this the camera's table. like going underneath, showing his feet. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, the, I, it's a great character intro. I don't want to like keep talking about the movie because like I feel like if we keep talking about it, I'll. You like... don't want to keep. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Like I feel like I don't want my opinion. I don't want my opinion to change because like you're talking about you... things that I liked about the movie. Yeah, you don't want me to talk you into liking the movie. It's okay. It's okay to like or respect even aspects of a film and not wholly like the film I think. I'm, I'm just trying not to even give i'm gonna try much. to convince both of you guys to like the movie by then i haven't said movie. either way for the record that's true i kind of <laughs> i kind of feel like you already i thought i thought you and I, it was like a you and me versus josh like a battle oh, okay. of a... and josh how are you feeling <laughs> uh i'm feeling great <laughs> josh I mean... doesn't like game mechanics and i like game mechanics, game mechanics. <laughs> okay, yeah you're okay. gamified yeah <laughs> um anyway yeah so but yeah difficult to tell characters apart even something like that don reba guy i found kind of difficult to tell apart from like is just that the guy people... that had the skin on his head there's a lot of like the, yeah yeah it's, it's like a... it's like you can't it's like don reba rumata and like it's they keep saying these names but then yeah Rumata's the main guy i know reba there's like three people that I thought were Don Reba different. Yeah, I think he is the guy you're describing, but then there's a dude that looks just like, like him. About like, there's a guy that also like kidnaps them with the ropes. I think that was Don Reba. Yes, I believe that's right. The guy that like that was a traps weird scene. them in a net and then like for mm-hmm. some reason like they're not really struggling to get out of the net. Yeah, it's a strange, yeah. We've all seen cartoons. We know how the nets work. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They're heavier or something. Something's got to be going on there. Some kind of like physics we don't understand because we've never been in a big rope net. We'll run some. It's real rope. Real rope is heavy, I think. Yeah, that is true. I just don't think you'd be unable to do anything about it when. That was when other, we meet this a, god guy, he looks like a pro wrestler. I was like, this guy is huge. a pro wrestler. We see him shirtless when we when but, we introduce yeah. him. But, he but has like, the big like smooth titties, like <laughs> that like muscle guys get. His <laughs> arms are the, massive. You see these things? <laughs> yeah, he's he's jacked. Y'all seen these smooth titties on muscle guys? <laughs> the thing is, he's like, round. What's in there? <laughs> I could have easily had that kind of screen presence if I was cast. Uh, <laughs> Like, Are you claiming to have the smooth titties? <laughs> I'm not, but like I know, I know it's not. I know this podcast isn't a visual medium, but I am like a huge man. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> I am very big. And, uh, yeah, for any viewers listening, Jordan is three times the size of the average male. He's six seven. I'm. He was I'm telling seven us earlier one. about his protein shakes. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I'm... You have the same height and weight and build as, as Ramada. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, if you've seen me, you know what this guy looks like. Uh... <laughs> Imagine a smaller version of Jordan. Imagine, like, a weak Jordan. That's what this guy looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So, at the beginning of the story... <laughs> Yeah, I found the beginning of the film so hard to follow that I was straight up on the Wikipedia trying to figure out what was going on all the time. The first, well, I would say 
um, about the first three hours of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, look, I, I think I think already we know where Kayla stands on this, which is that the summary is just so much cooler mm. than the actual goddamn yeah. movie, and it's 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 unfortunate that the summary doesn't reflect yeah. the movie at all. What I've read between comparisons between the book and the film is that the book is so much more focused on the story and sort of the setting is kind of the background this like medieval setting is like background to what's happening with this epic story um and then the film is the opposite like the film is all background it's all like the setting and the world and almost none of the story or the story is very you 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 read Mm -hmm. the wikipedia you know summary and you're like wow this is a fucking killer everything about this is going to be so Mm -hmm. great you know but you, you're reading it after you've watched the movie or in real time with the movie. And it's like, that's just not what's fucking happening. Also, a lot like, of things that, that could be cool, we don't see on screen. We don't see a lot of the killings on screen. We don't see them get to this planet on screen. I guess there are like royal killings that happen that start off this whole thing that we also don't see. I, I, I don't even think I, I, I like mind that. Mm-hmm. It's just literally like interpreting that like, what is said in the Wikipedia article is happening is happening on you the screen. You felt misled. It's, like, it's I would say that like it's a very generous Wikipedia summary. <laughs> well, they're describing what's yeah. I mean, I think you just have to kind of like separate out what you think the plot is going to be. Like I, I feel like this is one of the a better movie to go into if you don't know what it's about, mm-hmm. and someone tells you ahead of time like this is going to be a brutal slog. I think if someone sets you up for the fact that like this is going to be at times like very like challenging to your patience and focus and they don't tell you that it has like a cool plot with these sci-fi elements i actually think that's like you could enjoy the movie much more as just this like very sensory experience uh, that'll make you really grateful to live in modern times it really does make you feel like you're in the dark ages like i knew every... very little going in for the record i don't think mm, i knew okay. anything besides what that's year good. it came out yeah I try not to know anything, if possible. But like, here's the thing. I mean, like, this is this is maybe not a fair argument. I, I would say that Andre Rublev feels like being in the Dark Ages, but you're following something that uh, just uh, all I'll say is that it's a very sensory movie still. And come and see more. Sure. I mean, I would say Andre Rublev is a better movie than this one, but I also think they're going definitely. After, yeah, they're, but they're going after very different things like i like i don't disagree it's it's not as good a movie as that but like i mean i think what it, it, they're just trying to be very different movies i, I think that you like they're incomparable you know, is what you're saying yeah like i mean there's there's like super fit like i think like the setting that it's just like it's russian it's medieval i think those are like points of comparison but in terms of like this isn't trying to paint you a, a portrait of a character or their life at this specific historical time you know like i, I think this is very much just a picture of like you know, barbarianism and, and, you know, like truly dark ages. We have all these things working together to create this sort of uh, very visceral space. So, yeah. And I, again, yeah. like I like visceral yeah. movies like this, like, like I would say Son of Saul does what you're talking about, but it's like, I don't know why that movie is more bearable than this movie. And that, that movie's painful. And did that movie have a know? story to it? Because this movie didn't really have a strong... Like, I mean, it's a pretty plot. Uh, supposedly, this one has a story, though. <laughs> if we go to the Wikipedia... I mean, it does technically, but I think it's a pretty plotless movie when you're watching it. I I really... Uh, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm If we break down the summer. elements, maybe that <laughs> can help you identify why you don't like it or what you do like about it. Let's start with the wetness, <laughs> the grossness. Um, yeah. 
I think the just nastiness, the unrelenting nastiness of this film is maybe unlike anything that I've seen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely beyond oh, sorry, an extent of anything that I've seen. Yeah, go. Yeah, it's definitely the grossest movie I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Especially near the ending. I think I was like literally calling out like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know. It is. Li- it's so unrelenting. It's like the their world, first of all, it, it rains constantly. Not all the time, but like off and on constantly so that everything's mm-hmm. muddy um, and everyone's wet all the time. Just baseline. But then also people are walking around. It's like this camera is swinging around and you're seeing like one guy smearing shit on his face, one guy having shit land on his head from above and then keeps going. Another guy pukes like it just like doesn't end. (laughs) It's like unrelenting is really like the the best word. Like it it literally never stops throughout the movie. Almost never. There may be like two tiny sections of the film where there's not something horribly disgusting happening for a second. Yeah, And and it's just like knowing that it wasn't made by a prankster, <laughs> but like a self-serious. Yeah, this isn't jackass. Is, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm Don Rumada, and this is jackass. Um, Josh, did you say you made a list of like the top grossouts? Yeah, so I started compiling. I, I made a little column for best grossouts. Early, okay. early on, I realized like I'm gonna need to start writing these down. You were gonna need I, a whole notebook for it. Yeah, um. I totally did not anticipate how much space I would need, and ran out of space. I mean, okay, let's hear some uh, of them. All right, well, uh, I started off, you can tell how the movie escalates because the first thing I wrote is dude with snot dripping all over his face. Okay. And that's the first one. So I think I really didn't know what I was getting myself into and <laughs> I considered that a gross out. Okay. <laughs> um, then obviously the uh, like horse cock or is it donkey? It's you a know? donkey, I think. It's a donkey where you're... It is very, it is very mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. the first animal <laughs> penis movie I've done on the pod. <laughs> Yeah, pretty confidence challenging moment. Um, people getting various things ripped out of their faces. I think oh, early yeah. on, there's like at least two scenes in a row where someone basically has like their eye ripped out just with mm-hmm. someone's hand. Um, there's a part where I think Don Ramada, I'm already, it's all blends together. So it's really hard to tell one scene from another. But there's a part where some people are getting scared. And I think Don Ramada is like fighting some people. And it just shows a man's penis pissing from fear. Do you yeah. remember that? And I just have a note. Yeah. Why was it out at all? Because it's just out in combat. Uh-huh. This is classic guy stuff. Yeah, dudes. Yeah, it's a dude's rock movie. Dudes love if that. I've ever it seen is a dude's it. rock movie. Dudes love to be having a wiener hanging around. Just out in battle. Yeah. Pissing. pissing. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of like wiener imagery in the film. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the biggest one was definitely the evisceration at the ending with the dude's intestines falling mm-hmm. out. Yeah. That was like. I think that the. the top gross out for me was around that same scene um, when we're seeing all the dead bodies on the ground at the the aftermath of whatever battle had occurred there's like a kid who goes up to a naked dead corpse on the ground and like uses something like I don't know it looks like a popsicle stick it can't be a popsicle stick uses something to like to like gather a chunk of shit out of this dead guy's ass and then, like, goes over to another dead corpse who had his mouth open and puts the little chunk of shit in the other dead corpse's mouth. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. What do you think it was like to be, like, a child actor on this film? Like, what was I can't imagine. Going I couldn't on? find anything from the cast of this film on what their experience was like filming. But I am so curious because... Yeah, like, like what's the BTS? Yeah. Is there a crafty table? Are people no. being treated fairly? No way. There's no way there's a crafty table. And the, just, like, the environment alone, like, 
they're in mud. Like, this is a practical environment. Everything mm-hmm. is real. They're so wet all the time. They're so oh muddy. God. They're so covered in everything. I have a feeling they had to dub the movie because, like, no sound person just agreed to, like, take part. It's, it well, can't be, like, we want to do this. It has to be that, like... They're like, no, this is nasty and my like equipment's going to get ruined because your actors are just going to smear shit all over. Like, I think there's a, a Hearts of Darkness style documentary made about the production of this movie. I just saw it is today. And I was, yeah, it's called Playback, I think. Um, I couldn't. I would rather watch Playback. I couldn't find much about it, but apparently it is sort of like following the production of this movie, which I'm really curious to see. To see. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd love to see that too. I would watch. I would watch yeah. that. So yeah, this movie was so nasty and sick. I th- I read a review that was titled something like "The most liquids in a film I had ever seen" or something totally. like that. <laughs> the most Not liquids in a film of all time. <laughs> By far, like whatever number two is, I can't even think of. <laughs> <laughs> the most number two in any film. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, so that was definitely like the pervasive thing going on throughout this movie was just the wetness and the nastiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess let's talk about the set then. The next thing. The set is so crazy, so detailed. I guess a lot of the set is based off of actual paintings from the 15th to the 17th centuries. They like printed out these huge paintings and used them as inspo boards and uh, recreated them. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, Jordan, it's that, they use like, you know, the, the Bruegel painting we were using. So yeah, it's yeah, like all yeah. that stuff that I think he used. Like, I mean, I think the set's really crazy. Like everything just looks so like creaky and sinewy and dirty and like aged and like, and all the interior spaces, there's just so many, there's just so, so many much, things, so many things. Yeah, yeah. Like the clutter. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to sound positive here. But it is <laughs> God really... forbid. Yeah. Be less concerned about what you sound like and just be honest yeah. and say your opinion. I know. I'm <laughs> I agree, but the perception of uh, the perception is important here. Um, no one's gonna. You, you've made very clear to the. When audience. we get to the end, we'll rate this movie, and then you can give your full opinion about it. Then. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right. It is, it is, it is amazing to look mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very well photographed. Yeah. Like Don Ramada's house is just really cool. Like even just the weird like cured meats hanging from mm-hmm. the ceiling that are constantly just like getting in people's way and stuff like that. Even just, I mean, even from the beginning, that like shot of his like dinner table, like I feel like I like paused it just to look with like wonder at like you know, there's like a big like fish skeleton from a cartoon, you know, just across yeah. the table, and like I, I love like even like as we're seeing, you know, like I don't know, like what you would call that, like their port or whatever that like had like all the burning fires in the back. Mm-hmm. It's like it is like unfortunately very stunning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like it's so impressive even like exactly <laughs> you just don't see people going this hard on a set yeah <laughs> on such a large yeah, like, set with so many people never mind like the costuming and things that the cast had to go through that's its own thing right right yeah and the, the cast is also amazing yeah like all the faces were were unique yeah <laughs> yeah like no one no one looked like uh human <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah like somehow barely, like, everyone's a little fucked up yeah definitely <laughs> everyone looked like they were sculpted oh yeah that's a good out of like it. wax or something <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know like totally and was very, that prosthetics like, or was that the people we'll never know no i think it was just misshapen people yeah. could be but i can't imagine setting up this set <laughs> mm-hmm. it just seems endless the way that the camera is moving through everything it's like it goes on and on and on and on forever and there's so many details in this world 
everywhere you look, there's something. There's like a dead animal in the mud. There's like, you know, I don't know, just crap everywhere. There's meat hanging from all the ceiling, anywhere you look. And that's why, especially at the beginning when the narration is happening, I sometimes couldn't even focus on the narration because I'm just like, there's so much to look at. Totally. Like, <laughs> I, I wonder if it would have been a better movie without any subtitles at all. That's like, when you read up about it online, people do talk about how like don't even bother paying attention to the dialogue because like it doesn't matter. You know, like just enjoy I, it. For, like, I wish I had kind of just watched it <laughs> with that mm-hmm. in mind because like I feel like I would have gotten the same thing of just reading a Wikipedia summary at the end <laughs> and like finding the movie much more enjoyable knowing that that was what I had seen than the text that was like laid out for us. I wonder if like knowing Russian at all helped me because I feel like I wasn't looking at the subtitles that much, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, maybe I was just watching, able to watch the set. I didn't really think about it at the time, but I'm wondering if like, maybe that's part of the reason I like liked it a little more. So so you understood, you you have enough of the language down to sort of be like- Oh yeah, yeah. These guys are scientists and well not okay like in terms of like i don't think i understood the plot any better than you guys but i think i just didn't have to look at the subtitles you know Mm -hmm. because you're saying i'm trying to think of like like, looking at the subtitles was distracting because you're trying to read the subtitles and like watch this like dense insanely dense imagery you know Mm -hmm. i i think i also like you know i'm not very good at following movies sometimes i think i maybe that usually like impediment to enjoying movies helped me here because i think i like i kind of just let go almost immediately of like you know <laughs> of trying like a, to follow it at all yeah mm-hmm. that happens a lot you know and i feel like sometimes for movies that are plotless it does help i think i do end up liking plotless movies a lot because it's like it's very easy for me to just let go and be like yeah i'm not gonna understand this at all like mm-hmm. i'll just i'm just along for the ride makes makes me wonder if like like if you think of like a um, malik or something like that which i would say is like mm-hmm. i would say some of his movies are pretty like plotless is not the right word but like uh they are like visceral movies mm-hmm. you know like the, like i'm thinking vibe of like, heavy yeah yeah the, the the best version of that being the new world and the worst version of that being probably to the wonder which is unwatchable um <laughs> you're but, saying that's a 2.5 uh, <laughs> yeah that's at least a three or four star <laughs> movie in jordan's book unwatchable i'm just saying uh, you know like if if i was supposed to watch this movie as one would like one of malik's lesser movies where you're not supposed to really enjoy it but you just take it in i think maybe you're swindled by when you read the synopsis it seems like a movie that would be plot heavy that would yeah, have it's like a very heady it's yeah. a heady synopsis yeah, yeah. it's true you know, it's, but then it's you're swindled beautiful... because almost nothing happens in this film <laughs> and certainly not much that you could discern by watching it Alone. It's like you're subjected to the film yeah. more than you're watching the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes, makes me wonder if like maybe this movie would have been better received if it just been like purely a medieval... Made, made by us or something. <laughs> 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 Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if maybe he didn't like... I get why he connected it to Hard to Be a God and I'm sure it had that like personal relevance to him, but maybe it would have just been better if it's just a medieval period piece or something like that. I think... I think I disagree. Well, I, I mean, I think I, I don't think it would be better as a medieval period piece. I think that the time, the time and the way that, that time is used in this film, the presentation of time, maybe, mm-hmm. is interesting to me. It is kind of historical, but it's not set in the past. This isn't like somebody's memories. This isn't, this isn't history. This is now. 
it's present. And then you have a guy, 30 guys, in fact, (laughs) Mm -hmm. who are kind of not from the future. They're from now, but they're living in this space that is their past or similar to their past, but they're living in it now presently. Yeah, with like a modern sensibility and like a, yeah. No, I I mean, Um, so it's kind of not it's not set in the past, also not set in the future. It's set in now, but it kind of has imagery of the past. I think that's just unique. I think it's interesting. Well, I I, I would agree that it's unique. I think it could have been condensed uh, and also like, you know, it could have leaned more into that Wikipedia summary that was written (laughs) after the fact to be like, (laughs) it's like even there's like the, the, the exploration of this Ramada is like, I still, despite camera placement and josh i'm curious if you'll disagree and kayla i'm hoping you'll agree with me at the very least um really hoping to win me over go on yeah exactly um desperate for my approval (laughs) exactly uh i i see it as like i i i felt removed from ramada still Mm -hmm. even though the, the camera placement would make me think like you know it's not like this objective filming it's it is very much in the action of the the film. I don't think the camera always is in the action of the film. No, sorry, not always, but it's often in this like handheld tracking. Or, that I can agree with. You know, like, mm-hmm. well, you I, know, actually, like... I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about the camera situation too, because I found like the perspective very strange. Because at times we'd be almost in like Ramada's perspective, and then there's just people. Then there's people constantly also looking, looking at the to, camera. Like, almost, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every shot, basically, someone looks into the camera. Yeah constantly people are always looking at the camera at first i thought like do you really want that and then they're looking at it because they're confused that the director has told them it's to look into it it's very weird like you know it made me feel strange watching it because at first i thought we were sort of in like rumada's perspective and like it's not explained in the movie but as i recall in the book like that headband thing he's wearing is like a camera Mm. That's not in the movie, right? Mm-mm. Well, that like well, he is wearing. Yeah, he's wearing it, but they don't say the, what it is. Yeah, that's in the book. It's like one of the only things I remember from the book. But that's a camera for people on Earth to watch. And at first, I thought maybe we're like in that thing. In a reality pers- TV situation. Yeah, the Truman a, Show like for the. <laughs> well, I, I just thought. I'm not. I'm not even. No, no, no. Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, 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 there's like there is this element of like everyone goddamn spikes the camera and it is yeah so first i thought we were seeing that perspective it's a choice that you would think is there for a reason as if like the camera is actually like mm-hmm. in this world or like something which i also think would be a cool idea that these guys would be like avoiding the because there's also this reference to earthly technology mm-hmm. which is like is it that that they're talking about like save us with this camera no know, i think i think they just know that he can like I don't know. They're, I think they're talking. I think it's other stuff. They mentioned that he has such... like special swords several mm-hmm. times. That he has like really good swords. It's probably like a like a like a handgun or something like that that they're talking about. <laughs> I think th- this film is anti-film if the if it's anything. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like having those like strange fourth wall breaks, not being able to tell whose perspective we're looking through half yeah. the time. I mean, that's all part of that. I think, but. Uh, a lot of times through this film, also, they they will pan away from the action. Several times, there's something in front of the camera blocking the action. Like, one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts is when there's somebody with two chicken feet, like, making them clap in front of the camera. That was so... And then, and then Ramada's like, go away. Yeah. And he, like, tells <laughs> the person... Stuff yeah. like that happens, like, multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you get a reprieve from seeing something <laughs> just absolutely, you a like, break. revolting. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, some could argue seeing two severed dead chicken feet clapping is also... In some yeah. Yeah. ways 
disgusting troubling <laughs> a troubling image right but 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 like when your bar is that you know high for, for disgusting True. it's it, it well is. i remember that i remember that moment and thinking like at first i was wondering if maybe he just got a bunch of like people who like are just extras like people and they they didn't really direct them at all so everyone's just trying to get in frame but then they're clearly like there's some choreography because ramada's like hey go away or something like that and mm-hmm. people like perfectly <laughs> take the chicken feet out of frame and it's like it's one of those things or it's one of those movies where there's a lot of weird choices made, but it all feels like it must be intentional given how much time and how much control the director exerted mm-hmm. leading you to wonder like, what is he saying? You know, mm-hmm. like, or what is the purpose of doing this? I don't know. He claims to have invented his own type of cinema. Oh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Never I good have this someone... quote from him. That's, that um, sounds like Vincent Gallo. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that quote. For he him. said, I was cringe. never... Taught, hassled, or had my nose rubbed and shit by any director. I'm a non-professional, and that forces me at every stage to invent cinema. My own, the kind of cinema that interests me. One that's somehow different from everybody else's, and it's never been done this way before me. All right, that's not, it's not as bad as like I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be, because I would say it's accurate, at least, because... Yeah. I haven't seen anything else like this. You know, like, well, I, I've seen like some horrible uh, Bellatar <laughs> films, Workmeister Harmonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, it's like there is overlap in that it's almost endless and saying very little to the viewer. I don't want to get into any like, you know, armchair psychoanalysis of this guy, but I find it very interesting. In that quote, he said something about having his nose rubbed in shit. Mm hmm. That's very interesting given how much of that exact thing seems to happen <laughs> in this film, you know? Yeah. Clearly he has a preoccupation with... Uh... He's blocking something. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting. In very, very interesting. Very telling. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wish he was alive today to hear this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't have to suffer the. Chairman, yeah. come on the pod. Yeah, yeah. Let's get his. Get side his of the dead story. ass in here. Yeah, yeah. German versus the critic. German. It's pronounced German. Oh right, right, right. I think also. I think the camera, the way they use the camera with all the fourth wall breaks. I think in a way it serves to pull you into the environment. I think all of these things are kind of combining to try and pull you into the environment, to make the environment more of a space that you occupy as yourself. Having those fourth wall breaks, like, they bring you to attention in those Mm -hmm. times. They're looking at me. (laughs) I'm in here too, you know? And I just, I think that can be interesting as well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, the movie itself is, like, super immersive and that... Mm -hmm adds to it for sure where you feel like you're being seen as well you know mm-hmm. and like you're just like pushing your way through these like crowds and like stepping through the mud too yeah yeah i've never watched a movie that made me feel more <laughs> wet can, can I, can I one? <laughs> i realized how that sound once it was coming out of my mouth but <laughs> but it is true you know full full body I... The full yeah, body yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> hair and things. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say that it's like it's it's just funny because like one of my favorite movies, Come and See, mm-hmm. does do this like it's it's not like spiking the camera and that characters are turning into mm-hmm. it, but it does a lot of cutting to characters that end up looking into the lens, you yeah. know, like right at the viewer, and it it's it is really amazing in the context of that film, and I. I, you know, I'm still thinking about how I feel about the choice because I thought about it a lot. And I guess retrospectively, I uh, <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think I like that choice. Nice. But uh, 
I don't like staying. <laughs> All right, we're getting there. I can tell we're like 20% of the way there. I'm not trying to convince anyone to like this movie. I'm trying to I convince think. Jordan. I'm neutral. <laughs> I'm trying to convince Jordan and any listeners. To like we're trying movie. to get like, uh, you know, to see how malleable I, I can be to the power. I'm neutral and I'm trying to be, ob- I try to be objective as I'm going through as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Not always fully objective. But, but, but... What, what do you think, though? Like, where are well, you? We'll see we'll... at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to break it down objectively so that I can be open mm-hmm. to liking or disliking or having an honest conversation about the elements that's untainted by my opinion of the film. Yeah, the structure of the show has been explained to you many times, Jordan. I'm approaching <laughs> the podcast a little differently than you, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Hell bent on hating the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always open to being swayed or to, I don't know, someone else's ideas or perception or uh, interpretation personally. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I think I think that's a good way to do it. I But... I am just thinking a lot about the camera thing. I don't know. Do you have more it thoughts? Is, I don't know. One thing, it, you know, in terms of like movement, I always thought it was kind of interesting that like people are always just like moving or carrying or lifting stuff. You know, We never all... see people sitting somewhere or like we never see people sleep. That mm-hmm. also makes never, yeah. the time kind of hard to follow because we mm-hmm. it's hard to tell sometimes when there's a day change. Totally. Um, it's delirious. Yeah, like, well, it's, well, yeah. It's like in, day and night feels almost the same. A lot yeah. of totally. The time. Mm-hmm. It's like you can never tell what time of day. And there's just this weird yeah. thing where like people are always being like past. Like I feel like any scene with Ramada, people are like handing him stuff or like pushing stuff in his face and he's kind of like moving people out of the way or like mm-hmm. there's an arm coming to like they're pampering tuck, him constantly too pampering like trying to him. take care of him and he's like nah get off yeah or like rubbings like stuff on him like mm-hmm. it's just very bizarre there's always like there's just so much movement it's almost like looking into a barrel of worms yeah exactly everybody's wriggling around no that's a really good way to put it yeah because mm-hmm. like and, and on top of just how dense it is with like the set design and stuff, just like the motion, there's just... The set and the sheer amount of people in this. I don't know, yeah. like, what the number of people who are on screen is. I don't know. I don't, like, have that data. But, mm-hmm. like, anytime you're looking at it, there, I mean, there's, like, a handful to a couple dozen. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like very few repeats. And he shoots, he shoots like, the human body in kind of a weird way, too. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys felt that at all, but, like... Yeah, like the massive worms thing is like a really good way to put it. Cause it's just like limbs everywhere and like very like disconcerting way to shoot. Worms also like wet and nasty and shitty and Yeah. Yeah. Just very like unusual way to shoot just like human beings mm-hmm. in a way, I think. Jordan, what do you think? I'm I'm really just thinking about Deep it. in thought. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. Again, it it was like one of those things that like You weren't considering it, and now you are. No, no, no. It's like it is something I thought was amazing about mm-hmm. it, you know, was just like the insane blocking and mm-hmm. the amount of time. You respect it. Yeah. <laughs> the most big rudging. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is pretty cool. <laughs> Wish everyone could see the the body language that went with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's like making me, it's making me wonder like, would I put my name as director on the film? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I guess I, I guess I would if I could, you know. Yeah. Like just... Would I steal credit for this? <laughs> well, it's something to think about. <laughs> That's true. There was a time when I was making similar things, so it's like. Oh, when you were you know, doing hard... films like this. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> when I back when I was doing three hour epic, like yeah. extremely dense visceral Over eight films. Years. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I respect that too. I respect the stolen valor. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely stolen valor. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Nobody has to know. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. archived. <laughs> That's right. It exists, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> It's in a private uh, Vimeo link somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk more about the audio. So what did you guys, we kind of mentioned the process of the audio. It, it was like things were being said constantly mm-hmm. that wasn't actually being said by anyone. Yeah. You know, it's like it's almost like he had two voices in the movie. Rumata had like this weird voiceover voice where he was almost like not talking to the characters. And then at times like he was like, mostly like commanding people to get the fuck away from him <laughs> yeah like you know and, and and then and then he would say something really like profound you know like it was like every few lines that i don't know if you felt this way guys but like there was like i don't want to be charitable with the word poetry but almost a poetry to his like speech where he he would say i i, I wish i had written down some of the quotes but like it almost like had like a double speak element to it where it was like four do you know what I mean? Like, 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 I, I agree with you. I think there were times where, you know, I, I think that the big one is that quote at the end, something about like the grays and the blacks. And he says, like, remember always like wherever there's grayness, like the black will come or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I, I had trouble differentiating the grays and the blacks. I did too. Uh, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I, I also, I, I was just constantly confused when people were like, he's an amazing fighter. It was just really there almost everyone was like a bad defender of themselves, you know, as opposed to him being this mythic. And there also just really isn't a ton of, there's violence, but not a lot of fighting. You know what I mean? I never saw anybody without ears. Did we see anybody without ears? The whole thing is he can't kill people because it's part of their like prime directive stuff. Um, But he can chop their ears off. (laughs) They give him permission. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see earless people. Yeah. Their mission is so strange because it's like, the idea seems to be like, (laughs) he's supposed to like, role play mm-hmm. as one of them Assimilate, you know yeah. but then they keep talking about this mission to save the artists without influencing the the mission yeah i think they, it, it is sort of like this funny it's like they're trying to direct time but also not it's a very confused what is the purpose of their mission and like where's the delineation it's... of where they're allowed to act and like because they're there almost as like observers i mean this makes me kind of want to reread the book just to see like if there's a more clear delineation because it's like what are they allowed to really do? Because it seems like they're allowed to sort of influence things, but there's a line that they're not supposed to cross. What's funny is like, it can't be the idea that they are not supposed to alter time, like for it affecting them, because it's not a time travel movie where like, Mm -hmm. there won't be consequences. There's no butterfly earthlings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like I, I think a more, a more interesting idea, and maybe this is what it just became anyway, is the idea that like, who the fuck cares? Like, why not alter time? Like, like we don't have... Well, they're allowed to, like, here. alter stuff yeah. a little bit, it seems. but Because I think they're, like, protecting intellectuals and trying to move them to, the, like, the yeah. other kingdom. So, yeah, that's... What, like, I feel like they're allowed to change the course of events in some ways. But then, like, killing kind of off-limits, it seems. Maybe are they trying to... They're, they're protecting writers, artists, mm-hmm. artisans. They're trying to protect art. They're trying to, pro- you know let that live and not be killed and again for the the audience listening not a lot of this is made clear you know as that do they save anyone i couldn't tell you if they saved a single person 
I, I so there's that guy at well the he's trying to say buddha and the, oh yeah there's the dude who's thrown into like a latrine well. yeah into latrine yeah. it's on a well it's like a latrine you know he's like drowns and shit basically yeah i don't even remember this it's at the- <laughs> this was like at the top at the top of the movie remember how there's that guy who's got that square nonsense on his head mm-hmm. that he's like trying to run away and the guys just grab him and he's like no let me well, go he's like harangued but- at first by a guy who he like criticized he's like remember like 40 years ago you like criticized yes. one of my writings and then they like grab the dude and just yeah apparently like, drown him in like i i don't think they show the drowning they, don't. they just mm. you they okay, pan that's why i don't off, remember right yeah they, they pan off right as they're about to drown and him. the kid references it to rumada i think but yeah i think like they're trying to protect like intellectuals so i think that's sort of like the gray and the black thing is it's like and this is why i think it's like more of like a fascist allegory because i think it's like a wave of anti-intellectualism you know i feel like they're mm-hmm. killing all the intellectuals and they're sort of burning books and that sort of thing. It was like Italy, right? Or like- yeah, and like Germany. I mean, I think that's also like the blacks is like like the black shirts, you know? Like that's, I was trying to like, I didn't want to like overanalyze it because um, I also don't even know very much to begin with. But I feel like, yeah, like like it was about like anti-intellectualism and, and, conf- and like the gray because kind of like maybe it's like conformity and like leading to like black shirts. I don't know. Um, that's my half-baked analysis. <laughs> So it I sort very... of forget where the question was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the question was about the dialogue. The dialogue. My, my question was sound. specifically about the sound and not as much about necessarily what they were saying. Well, we got way off. Yeah. The, oh, the trail so you meant sound, sound design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh, that, dialogue that is also, a... you know, it's an interesting conversation to have. But my question was about the sound design and like how does the way that they produced the sound for this film, like because it is all that um, post sync. How do you feel like that makes your experience of the film? I mean, because to me, we can't always tell like who's talking, where they are in space. And we kind of lose, in my opinion, like our depth perception or like our sense of dynamic space sometimes because the sound of someone spitting is the same volume as someone speaking. (laughs) It's the same volume as a knife sharpening is the same volume as a strong breath out, you know? Yeah, right, right. We're often in a space that we've, we've talked about how every space in this film is so busy and there's so many people and there's so many things in the room and there's so many things that can squish. And often we're just hearing like one to two people talking in like a set of chains or something and not like room noise well i guess none of my issues were in the sound design uh, but now that you, but like but you're not even you're not even saying it's an issue necessarily. you're just asking what we thought yeah yeah it was, it was weird i i mean i think early on i noticed something was weird with like rumada in particular because he just sounded so very close to my ear mm-hmm. you know even he was like far away He's speaking directly to you yeah well, that, that that's what i mean about like occasionally and i know i'm not trying to get off track mm-hmm. here but like occasionally there's a line of dialogue that just sounds like it's voiceover mm-hmm. and then totally di- a completely different tone that's conversational yeah you know so it's like that that's kind of what i meant with like the sound and ge- like that was the thing that stuck out most to me was like these like lines that like almost sounded breathy versus dialogue i just can't get over someone would choose for all their movies to shoot this way or to like <laughs> construct a movie this way like it's mm-hmm. really interesting it could be like one of those falsehoods like the the falsehoods we spread about our movies <laughs> oh yeah that's true that'd be it's pretty like funny. he could be like someone that's just trying to have a mythos is that the, how you say that word i think so yeah you don't say it mythos <laughs> uh, a mythos about himself you know he wants a mythology of like i always did this but like 
it's just a practical joke for all of time, you know? I mean, in some go, ways so you like, can see how it would make sense just because of, again, how busy everything is in these scenes mm-hmm. and how much noise things are probably making just on their own with their costumes being metal, with everything being wet, True. like how much room noise would be happening with all this many people just shuffling around even. I, w- I would think he would be fine with all that noise mm-hmm. though. But it might be hard to control like what, you know, I mean, depends on, I, I guess if this guy is like a real, you know, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word control freak, but I, I feel like if depending on what level of control he wants over the movie, like just being able to like scrap all the like raw audio and just like rebuild the sound from scratch. Cause like what you're describing is true. Like I did forget like, yeah, like all the costumes are probably making like a ton of noise and just everything. Like he's probably directing from behind the camera also like, all right, you guys now move into front. Yeah. yeah like right. Right. To, you know, that's so it's also like, true. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Because there's so much action happening constantly. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they, they might've captured. There's definitely a reference track. Well, they must've you know, captured like, maybe some audio, but I could see like him wanting to just like, I could see based on how this guy has done this movie and the level of control he has, like he just wants to just like, like, fuck it, we'll rebuild everything from scratch, you know, because otherwise there's just going to be too much stuff going on. I mean, it's just a, it's just a nightmare. It does sound like <laughs> an absolute, every part of this from watching it to creating it, this whole movie is just a nightmare. And I mean, he spent seven years on audio alone, like the last seven years of the production, right? Was oh my just God. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't have taken him that long, honestly. <laughs> I wonder if he had a day job that whole time. He must have. He couldn't have been yeah, making guess money off of his films. He wasn't getting... Making five films yeah, in his entire like... life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> the way like Damn. Russian finance works, it's it's not like he's getting like royalties or anything. Mm-hmm. I think I looked at the uh, budget versus revenue for this film. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something insane. Like the budget was $7 million and the revenue was like 30000 or something like that. It <laughs> 30, was like a $30. really huge like... <laughs> Damn. Uh, cavern between the two yeah it makes sense it seems yeah. like an insanely high resource movie and at the same time it's very difficult to imagine it being very popular yeah it's popular in the states though right it's it's like is it people here seem to love it really and it's a 68 percent on the right is that what you said yeah so that's true that's not bad right for an overall rating it's not in your good. Books, Great. In my, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, I've if we got a 68%, would you feel that was good? <laughs> I'd be very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be like, one I'd be more. depressed. Mm. <laughs> I, I'd be like, I, I get I get like one more, but like I'd be like, you know, 32 more maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but we can't all be hundos. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if this is popular here. I've never heard of it, and I've heard of a lot of weird stuff. This, this I heard this movie about this one endlessly by like people in film school. Just well, I didn't go to film school, so there is that. You're so lucky. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of film professors now, <laughs> um, but I didn't go to film school. Most of the reviews I read on this film, user reviews, so like Letterboxd or like IMDb reviews, stuff like that are extremely divisive. Yeah, uh, it's, so it's I either see like that. people absolutely hate it or two other things. Or they love it or they don't love it but they respect it. <laughs> there are three options. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe fully represented throughout the group here today. Right, true. <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah. 
I think I'm like I love it with a lot of caveats. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's a <laughs> we'll lot. We'll see once than... we get to the end where we're yeah. all at then. Which you know we don't have too much more to go. I don't think. I mean, there is a little bit. About two hours in, we start to get a little bit of story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're finally treated to a little bit of plot. For, <laughs> we can know. have a little plot as a treat. <laughs> yeah, we deserve a little. Yeah, we... <laughs> it's like the, the, beginning, <laughs> the beginning of the movie is almost like a test of endurance. It's like totally. if you can make it past this, then you get the reward at the end. Yeah, uh, which, we're, is, we're which is only out. slight even then. <laughs> two hour, two hours and forty minutes in, you get. <laughs> yeah, you get if the you can sit plot. through like two hours of like absolute like disgusting, gnarly, like violent, grotesque, yeah. punishing, uh, plotless, <laughs> punishing, great word, uh, like plotless, hard to follow, confusing, brain hurts. Where are yes. we? We don't know. Stomach kind hurts. Of material. Um, yeah. And if you can if you can make it through two hours or so of that, then you can have a little plot as a treat. <laughs> yeah, you're treated to like just enough plot to and be And like confused. a tiny bit of emotion even. Because I don't think there's even like emotion through the first so so long of the movie. There's, no, you don't one feel of my anything. notes. Yeah. Yeah. One of my notes was actually about that is the scene where his like mistress or like mm-hmm. wife uh, finds she's like looking for his pants mm-hmm. and she finds his pants there's like a few moments in the movie that are kind of sweet. Very mm-hmm. few. I, I wish there was just like a like. I, get I guess why their they're... love story in the book is allegedly like a huge deal. The love really? story between this remember. peasant girl and him, and that was like a criticism I saw was like in the book that's such a huge deal, and then when she's killed later, that's like a whole turning point in the in the book because she meant so much to him mm-hmm. and then in the film we see her briefly in two scenes we do get a little bit of tenderness between them but like it's not really played up at that big yeah exactly yeah there's like that small moment and i i feel like i, I like noted it down because it felt like the most like heartfelt moment mm-hmm. although there is one really like i think this is the moment I kind of like started to feel like i got what the movie's going for and sort of like recalibrated i guess for like the movie is the there's this this awesome part in the beginning where there's two dudes whistling over a chicken. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? No. I feel like I thought that was really cool, and uh, I feel like that sort of like changed my mind. Because at first, I actually I thought the movie looked beautiful, but I was like, oh, this is I don't I don't know how into it I am. But that moment felt very like tender and sweet in a way. Damn. Um, I mean, I wish I had that experience, but I find it endearing that you did. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> I did find I thought, also on the peasant girl. Like, I did find her presence kind of, I don't know, I want to say startling, not startling, but uh, striking. There we go. Striking in the film, Mm. just because she is also the only woman who's treated tenderly throughout the film. Like, there are very, very few women in this film, and the ones we do see are like, um, they're not being treated well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're basically there for sex or other nasty activities. Yeah. She's the only one who's there for not only is she there and experiencing tenderness from a male character in this film but she's able to share an emotional experience with him like she shares her experience of like uh she got like uh assaulted by some guys who lifted up her skirt and made her show her business to everyone and he's just like listening to her story about her day (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, the, the only female character that we get anything like that from in this film i think yeah and it's weirdly like effective i think for also showing the brutality of the world that like this guy with the you know who's literally the only person who can like provide that is like a dude who's literally from present day earth mm-hmm. from you know another planet 
from literally from like another planet mm-hmm. um and has like a modern sensibility of how to relate to people and, and women you know mm-hmm. and yeah. uh that you know it's like very like bleak and sad and kind of an effective way of just showing the like darkness of the world that like that this guy is the only place where she can find someone who's like remotely you know and even he's like I feel like by the end of the movie, he's like totally Ladies, insane. can we relate? <laughs> the only yeah, good yeah. guys are on a different planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he's, and, and he's like totally insane. He's like totally cracked by the end of the movie. He's like pretending to be a chicken at one point, mm-hmm. And like, he just seems like he's like lost his mind being on this planet. <laughs> well, he does kind know. of slowly like lose his mind and lose his purpose. Because he wants mm-hmm. to ultimately like do good in this world, right? But like what happens is he tries to do good. And bad shit keeps happening. I feel like, like we yeah. never really like were in that phase of him trying to do good. Like I always felt like he had like you think he was nefarious was at from the, the start. No, no, no. Like well, from the start of the movie, like I, I think it's like like the place in which the movie picked up. He was in a state already of like just being fucking hammered. Like he's already you know? pretty like bitter and disillusioned. Yeah, it seems like, that is like, true. Like, I, I, I didn't feel like there was this arc of like. He started out with like great intentions, and right. Was, we like, didn't see him from his starting point. We caught him in the maybe in the in twenty the, years the, into it, just after the peak. So we caught him on just the beginning of his downfall, huh. and we, and then we end with him in the full pits of despair. Yeah, I, I might have missed that it was like only the beginning because it already felt like he was. Uh, but he still, I think, had a had a good uh, heart. He still had pure intentions. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the end, by the end of the movie, he basically is entirely hopeless and kills a bunch of people. <laughs> so yeah. I would say that that's pretty stark contrast to where he is. Maybe not fully because he is dreaming about killing people earlier in the film, and he is trying to save that like the wise man Buddha or whatever his name is. And then he finds the guy and, and he was like totally disappointed by the guy. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's spent like, that's like the only real plot thread for like the first hour and a half of the movie is just him looking for this. Like, I don't remember what he is. He's a writer or philosopher or something like that. And then eventually he like does find him and, and is not impressed with the dude's like solutions for how to fix problems. Yeah, I don't remember Budok's like solutions. Like it was just like let's wait it out, right? Something like that. It was like let's just let time happen. Is this the guy that said you have to like kill the people in power, the strongest people, and then yes. he responds by saying something like, "Well, then just the strongest of the weak will step exactly. in place." Yeah. Yeah, he's basically just like not solving any systemic problem. Well, he's basically offering like the most boilerplate individual based solution to a problem that's much larger. Like it's not about like Don Reba or like whoever. It's just about like the system overall, I think is kind of what what Rumada's point of view is like, yeah, you can kill these two guys, but then they'll just be replaced with, you know, yeah, the strongest. You can't end the structure of a hierarchy by killing the strongest person because the next strongest person just steps up and then the hierarchy continues and I think, yeah, that's around the time when he really starts to lose hope. Basically saying there's no solution to how terrible everything is. <laughs> like, it just continues to be terrible. There's no way to solve it without killing people. And even if you kill people, you still don't solve it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because I think he's like basically spent an hour and a half, like literally dragging himself through shit, you know, trying mm-hmm. to find this guy because he he's finds supposed that to guy and he finds the one guy who was trapped in the torture chambers at the same in this, right, around the right, same right. area. He, same thing, like, goes through all this shit and nasty spaces and trouble and pain and 
etc to try and get to this guy and free him out of that cell and then mm-hmm. he does free him and that guy tries to escape and is instantly killed so he like just gets the arrows yeah he's killed yeah. off camera too it's kind of set you know like you don't yeah he gallops away on a horse we hear something mentioned about guys with arrows or like where's the arrow guys and then yeah. we see him dead with a bunch of arrows in his back yeah. and they're like throwing like turnips on his body or something yeah. like that pretty tough way to go So like his work on both fronts all the trouble that he went through to save these two guys is like shit yeah <laughs> i did like when the guy was having trouble peeing though and he gives him a good smack on the old kidneys and the pee yeah that was <laughs> that was good that was tough yeah <laughs> Yeah, that was tough as hell. (laughs) (laughs) It is is funny. It's not like a huge arc he goes through because Jordan, you are right. He already starts off pretty disillusioned. So it's not like as dramatic of an arc as like he's idealistic and then cynical. Like he already starts off like he's seems like he's already gone a little bit insane yeah it seems like he's already on that spectrum of like heavy cynicism yeah but, but I think, there is definitely just, a shift where yeah, it he's does pushed go over. way darker yeah exactly he, but i do think that's kind of interesting in a way too that like we open on this guy that he's supposed to be this like scientist helping or you know one of these people from the future and we open that's why i just like not to be redundant but i just love the like shot introducing him because he's it's just like so like gnarly and barbaric just him like yeah, like clambering I mean, up onto this table covered in like meat and fish skeletons and like the the opening is amazing and it like sets you up thinking like you're watching history unfold in this guy like like i was like frustrated like once it started to feel like every scene was the same after like uh we see all the scientists you know like i i thought we were really similarly to andre rublev getting like these vignettes in these moments and then it just became like a very redundant experience until like he goes out into that port with all the fires you know Mm -hmm. and and, like but i I guess i wouldn't argue to cut it down i'm struggling i found it like weirdly mesmerizing at times you know once you kind of accept that nothing's really gonna happen there is just something about the like sensory experience of watching mm-hmm. them. I mean, it sounds very pretentious, but like it really is a sensory experience. Yeah. And like there is something hypnotic to that too, where I feel like I'm very unique. I don't think that mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of films that made me physically feel the environment as much as this film does. It, it's yeah. definitely better than Enter the Void. Mm-hmm. Never seen I haven't it. seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't see it. Okay. Oh, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do have like a little bit of. A tiny bit of plot left, I think. What happened? The guy's girlfriend gets killed. Yeah. And that's when he really decides to pop off. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. That's but, it for him. Yeah. He's going yeah. full, you know, dark ages. Full beast mode. <laughs> full beast. Yeah, he goes, goes beast mode on a guy's intestines and heart, you know, that's for sure. He, he uses like his helmet to, yeah. to like puncture the guy's chest. Or okay. Whatever. Wait, maybe you all can explain this to me. It seems like he, he gears up. Yeah. He, he spends can't. a long like, okay. time crawling around his house forever. Exactly. Okay. And <laughs> crawling it. around his house, putting on all of his various armor. Okay. I felt like I couldn't Jordan's understand what's happening. from it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, he's like spends, he like gears up. It's cool. I think he kind like, of isn't ready to nest. He's like, is struggling with crossing the line because that is a line. Okay. That's like a hard line for them. They're not allowed to kill people. That's like the the one rule. He's like yeah. on a, you know crouching by this like cauldron. So he and makes a I... meal out of out of gearing up. 
Yeah. Because he says, God, if you exist, stop me. So he's waiting for like some sign that mm. like this shouldn't be what I do. But okay, that was like the one thing where I was like, what's happening where it keeps cutting between like the blacks kind of like pounding on the gates, you know, and like then to him just like, and it's hard to tell geographically where things are. Is yeah, he like, a, like, where is he spatially? At first I thought yeah. he was like on the ceiling or something like that. <laughs> um, he's just well, like- He's also crouched. trying to not be hit by arrows because the arrow that right. killed his girlfriend came in like through the window or something. Like yeah. they were inside and she got- Yeah, at first I didn't understand yeah. how that- what happened that's pretty gnarly too like when they turn her over and the arrows like coming out of her nose or something that was gnarly as hell (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) but yeah he he puts on the helmet he kind of waits for a long time then the people bust into the house uh looking for like heresies or something like that and they find like painting they don't like or something heretics I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. Heretics. They're, I think Her- they're heretics? looking. Heretics? Do you say heretic or heretic? Heretic. Don't I don't know. I'm not sure. But they. Intellectuals at me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Help us out. <laughs> um, we know what words are, but not how to say them. <laughs> yeah. We'll report you to uh, the uh, gray, you know, the grays. But yeah, let us know. Um... <laughs> I think these are the blacks, but go on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, right. Right. At this point, it's the blacks. Yeah. They bust down the door. And they bust down the door and then he just spends a while like standing like nose to nose with them. Mm-hmm. And again, there's like stuff in the way, pushing things away. And then he just gores yeah. one of the guys. Gores but, him. What a great word. Yeah. Yeah. Because he his, does. Yeah. And he takes his time too. Because there's just a while where they're all just kind of standing there for some reason. For, mm-hmm. for some reason, I remember them like having like spears or something and he just pushes them out of the way. That that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that does happen. Mm-hmm. He's like invincible or something. Well, they're not trying to, it feels like they're not trying to kill him. They're looking for. They wanted to use him first. They were trying to convince him to help lead the slave uprising, which he refuses to do. That's the guy who's talking about the earthly technologies. He's like, use your earthly technologies to help us. Yeah. And that's who the the the, the blacks are looking for. They ultimately want him to help them. They want him right. on their side. Nobody wants to kill a god, too. Yeah. He has convinced everyone in power that he is a god. That was the whole conversation with the guy with the hide on his head was him convincing him, I'm a god. I'm with you all the time. I've seen what you do with little boys or whatever he says. Yeah, that was, that was a, yeah, right. Weird scene. Um, but he goes yeah. the man and that shoots out blood. Just blood like Everywhere. His exploding. face is covered. Yeah. <laughs> One of several scenes where someone's face is just covered in like thick Something. blood. Something, <laughs> yeah. At least this time we could probably intuit it's blood, which think you know, I don't know if that's better or worse than shit, but half like, the time you don't know, right? Half the time you don't know. And so in a way I found it more comforting to know like yeah, that's just blood, not like... They mentioned something like towards the beginning of the movie about like like sniffing alcohol or rubbing alcohol or something like this. Oh, yeah. He says uh, somebody brings a cup of some kind of liquid. I don't know what it is. I am assuming some kind of alcohol. Damn. I, I thought I I thought that was shit. He goes, I thought like they were literally dipping their hand into really? shit. Really? It looked more it looked more liquefied to me. Well, than like shit. diarrhea. Oh. Like, you know, I, I'm not I'm not kidding you. I, that's what I thought. Oh, was you mean happening. what they're putting on like, their face, not what's in the cup. I, I well I remember because he goes why drink everyone their rubs. finger did oh. someone not take like all five fingers and put them in that cup and then go like that I remember that that may have happened yeah we, if the whole thing is because I first of all we don't know <laughs> they'll just make that clear <laughs> nobody knows yeah 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 certainly um, not us yeah but my interpretation after I heard that line was like maybe some some of what they're rubbing on their face 
is some kind of like alcohol or or some sort of substance that fucks them up because they're all drunk all the time but we don't see mm-hmm. them drinking that much either but we do see them rubbing a lot and then he yeah, says using inhalants everyone rubs when somebody brings a cup that to me looks like a wine or something but I, Which, I, you know, nobody it, knows <laughs> it's a pretty advanced society that doesn't drink but uses inhalants you know what i mean i feel like they are kind of ahead for the dark ages right i don't know I don't know. Probably depends on what it's made out of, too. True. And they're always just shoving shit in their face. Like, literally shit. What if it was, like, made out of mushrooms or something? I don't know. Something that grows out of the ground. They're already shoving ground stuff in their face all the time anyway. Yeah. It could have just happened by accident. We don't know, though. And it's a different planet, too. So, like, it doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have to be something earthly. Like, they could have some kind of weird vegetable that gets you fucked up. Like, we don't know. But they're definitely fucked up. That they're much definitely is clear. fucked up. Yeah, all that the much time. we can say with, with confidence. <laughs> that much we can definitely say they are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. When they're like picking through that dude's like guts, you know? Oh, yeah. I do like also oh, in the scene, uh, in the scene with the goring, <laughs> mm. with the goring and the blood shooting out, and, and around that time, there are chickens like everywhere, flying into yeah. people's heads, smacking them around. Um, what do we think about the, um, were animals harmed during the making of this film? <laughs> I really hope what, what not. What do we think? <laughs> I feel like there's less rules overseas yeah. about this stuff. So like, In Russia, I don't want to yeah. spread rumors. And it's 20 but, years ago. Well, it's it's Czech Republic. This was filmed in Czech Republic. Mm-hmm, so they're pretty strict there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know that for sure? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, that's like a lot of like period productions happen in czech republic so like it's probably more regulated than russia is some scenes russia, were filmed in moscow then any of the scenes where they needed to harm animals uh <laughs> um, yeah were probably moscow i hope there are no animals harmed though there's definitely scenes with dead animals there's lots of dead animals yeah and potentially beheaded human beings yeah, <laughs> yeah. really that was done really that was done for real yeah <laughs> There are like fish being slapped around. There's a chicken that's caught with a net. There's the donkey, yep. which we we see some of. <laughs> yeah, that donkey was sexually abused <laughs> for sure. <laughs> he was definitely sexually exploited. You know? Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Consent for all that, but um... yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the chickens that are like they're flying up, they're smacking people in the head, they're being mm-hmm. like pushed off and tossed around. There's a there's dogs that are like grabbed, like little puppies yep. that he like grabs up and like Jeez. steps all over. There's some great scenes with birds though, some good bird choreography, I would say. There's like a nice <laughs> wide where there's just like birds that fly out of a I don't remember. You know, we, we we did forget to talk about like the people that were hanging that mm-hmm. they just would pour. Dude, that, it's like, one of my notes. On. Yeah, it's one of my yeah, notes. They, they, they would pour this stuff on people so that birds would peck out their eyes mm-hmm. or vultures. Yeah. Like it was like they were like excited to see the vultures peck people's eyes out. Yeah, I didn't and, note those uh, like like why are they pouring liquid on hanging bodies? And then like later I could write, you know, it was like, ah, okay. Like I wish I didn't I wish that wasn't explained. It, yeah. it was. <laughs> we forgot to put that in like the wettest section, though. Like yeah, the wettest. That is movie, pretty wet. That, that's a pretty big addition to that. Significant. Yeah, that's a pretty devastating time for the main guy too, right? When he walks mm-hmm. through all those hanging bodies. I guess, yeah, I guess like we do see him frustrated that the bodies are hanging. Mm-hmm. That was like. <laughs> Damn. That was like the the king and his family, I think, and that yeah. was like the signifier that. The blacks took power. Yeah, that's right. 
That yeah, was like a, to- a tone shift moment in the movie. That was yeah, like he's a little of- cross. He's a little cross <laughs> when he sees that. He seems a little sad even or just like mm-hmm. dejected. Like that was like a couple minutes of the film where the unrelenting grossness and wetness kind of relented for a minute. Like where it, ga- it, yeah. it went away for a moment so that you could um, spend a moment sort of mourning all the people that were just murdered and what has happened. Because I think the the whole thing with the blacks is that they're like even more religious and even more insane than the greys. Yeah. And the greys were in power. And so now the blacks are taking over. It's even worse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We also didn't mention the huge like dick on a spring that is like a torture device. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up. That was on my gross out <laughs> list, but I didn't really want to talk oh, about it because it was so upsetting to it me. It is upsetting. And so I, did, I specifically didn't mention it, but. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucked. That was uh That was fucked. Yeah. I've seen things like it a lot though, so Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Um would you like to elaborate or No, but <laughs> it's... Yeah, in a you you see the burn after reading, the George Clooney machine. That he uh he builds one of those in burn after reading. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's it when that was the moment where it looked really cool in the trailer when uh, Ramada puts like the like black yeah, tar dude, over his face. Oh my god, I remember thinking like that was like, gonna be this iconic moment, but it's like not. It's I just, thought it was like, like tar or mud, but then so yeah, I mean it's just holy shit. Yeah, like, that was. It, but it's like it, you know this trailer that the way it's cut together, it really looks. I haven't watched the trailer, so I don't know. Uh, we watched it eight years ago or something. Yeah, um, it's, it also makes like, this is your memory boat. of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that it, that like shot stays with you in the trailer. Yeah, it is really cool. Tra- it's like you think it's like some weird like ritual or mad mm-hmm. like like not in the context of the movie, but you watch this trailer and you're like, what could this? What yeah, the fuck makes, am I, yeah, your imagination it's, it's, runs it's, wild because it looks like the material that like would then become like you know like. W- it's not like war paint, but like that stuff that like uh, what are those kind of doctors that like had the long noses called uh, the, the plague like, doctors? Yeah, it looked like almost plague doctory, if you mm-hmm. will. If you, Josh, would you grant me that? Would you grant say? you? <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure. Please why do we think I grant you this? One. Why do we think he wiped the uh, the the blood all over his face in that scene? Was that yeah. like part of the tone? Why was it so? Th- thick it was so thick too mm. well, what was the reason for it being so thick <laughs> are both of these and questions voluminous. coming to me <laughs> what's my opinion of the thickness of the blood and why it's being wiped on his face the viscosity, viscosity. is insane. okay yeah it is pretty gloopy um because everything in this film is gloopy nothing is yeah. its original viscosity none of my none of the blood i've ever shed has been that thick but well, they're also <laughs> alien creatures. I mean, they are humanoid, but... That is true. Damn, I didn't think of that. They are from <laughs> another planet, so that could be a thing. I, that probably explains also why they just immediately freeze up as soon as he, like, grabs their faces and don't do anything. Yeah, it's like the loves... same as when you grab a cat from its neck or whatever. Yeah, he's Maybe. always grabbing people's noses and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's like, I he thought like he, breaks he breaks their nose, yeah. So many people's noses are broken in just, like, the dumbest way. They're just, like helpless you yeah know? like they, they can't like fight him it is like something. a cat or like a yeah something like that or he just like never well, he, he also doesn't... is like a god like they they don't yeah. want to hurt him or upset their god because he they believe that he is the son of this god and uh 
they can't fuck with him. He's untouchable, basically. Yeah. Honestly, I it is such a great premise, you know. Back to the uh, back to the Jordan's gripe with the plot description. <laughs> That's why, like, he's the only one who lives as extravagantly as he does. Like, it's his house that everyone's in. You know, everyone's doting on him all of the time. He's untouchable, but nobody else in this film is untouchable. Everyone's nose is broken. Everyone's, you know, beaten or whipped or having chunks you know, taken out of their ass or something. No one else has any much, like any amount as near like the cured meats and sausage that he has. You he's know? also no so one... clean. He's, he's yeah. cleaner than anyone else. And he mentions being clean as like a something that only people in a position of power have mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the movie. Like people who are to be respected are clean um they need to stay clean his clothes are white and clean and no one it also else seems are. like he's doing it almost like aspirationally too so people because i think he like criticizes people at times for being dirty mm-hmm. it seems like he's trying to like get it going like he wants people to start like cleaning yeah. them hygienically uh, yeah so it seems working towards something a little bit better. yeah it seems like he's trying to kind of like present people with an alternative to just like never washing themselves ever you know yeah. there is a interesting thematic tie i think between like this and strugatsky's like stalker and that being just like about like alien visitors that leave technology behind mm. and like the lack of technology being you know like knowing that like they think they can have access to this technology or something but he doesn't grant it and in stalker it's like these people that kind of have access to this zone of like technology but they don't really harness it either. Um, the Strugatskys are pretty high concept guys. I guess this doesn't, I, I don't know if this opens up another discussion or if it's worth going down that, but I, I do like that both pieces like explore it. You know, There is definitely that similarity of like, well, it's almost like they're inverse. Exa- exactly, co- yeah. Yeah, because in Stalker, it's like the other beings pass through. And don't, don't interact, yeah. But yeah, but they, well, they, yeah, and they like, because they don't care, because that's why it's called like roadside picnic. Like they just, we're just like a stop on the highway and they just leave their trash behind. Because in, in Stalker, that's like what the zone is. It's basically just yeah. like a trash, like refuse from like these aliens passing through because like that's how little we mean to them. Whereas in this, it's almost like, the flip side of the coin where it's, it's like, like a zoo that they can exactly it's like a living zoo and they want and they like, like they're interested they're beyond interested you know they're so interested they live among the people trying to influence things and literally like going insane with their inability to like elevate this feudal society so that but they're still like i, I just keep as, forgetting i you know it's funny because like even with this conversation like I like didn't think of them as aliens but they're interacting with aliens and like they remind you at the beginning of the movie that they're aliens they're not people right like that that that's literally stated yeah. you know and K- kayla when you said that just a second ago i had the same exact like moment it's like oh yeah that's right like mm-hmm. they're not that's humans. like why they might yeah be, I, I just totally me too forgot. yeah and that's a great let's get this is a five-star movie because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they more or less look like people but they are kind of, we did mention they're lumpy. They're lumpier than yeah. normal people. But lumpy. You're saying like... Uh, <laughs> the aliens. They they were hard to look at at times, mm-hmm. but like other than that... Like they like, have eyes, nose, yeah. mouth. Like they look mm-hmm. recognizable as human, but... They have genitalia. We saw a lot of it. Yeah. They piss. Yeah. They have kidneys. But like, we don't know. They work, they work the same as us, I guess. They have intestines and heart. Yeah. I guess we didn't consider the idea that like, they all liked what was going on emotionally. 
maybe. <laughs> you yes. mean they were just they were happy they, and comfortable enough with their circumstances like, like, that they we, we didn't to consider change. that they were content. I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a few scenes where like there's that dude that's like you should like if God exists he should just destroy everything. There's some people that I think express discontent with the way of I, the I, world. I, I I think I'm joking. Okay. That's the last part. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so where are we in the story? We were just at the... I think we were at the disembowelment. And we then were like, at the disembowelment, which was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the biggest gross out for me. You think I've, so? I don't think I've seen that. Like, I don't watch a lot of gory movies, so mm-hmm. I could be just not desensitized to that sort of thing enough. It yeah, turned like, my stomach. You, you missed out all the. You missed all the Cronenberg body. Yeah, I don't watch much. Like, I don't. You know, I haven't. I haven't watched much Cronenberg. I will say, yet. I watch a lot of nasty stuff, like probably too much. And and since watching this, actually, it's uh, I'm becoming a little more aware <laughs> of how much oh. nasty stuff that I watch. Um, Interesting. Well, because so after watching this, I was like. I need to watch something normal where people are dry and nobody's puking and like <laughs> so something normal. And I kept putting on things that I had seen before and being like, I need something normal. I'm going to watch this thing. And then it's like somebody with an ear infection and we see like the pus get popped out of it. And then he spits in somebody's drink or like something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that. so now I'm just becoming a little more aware of it. And I just did an episode on Dogtooth for uh, Patreon. Damn, you've been uh, watching a lot of the nasty. I haven't seen Dogtooth, but oh. I've, I've heard that's inc- incest heavy. There, there's. I wouldn't say incest heavy. There is incest incest but it's not incest heavy i think any amount of incest is heavy <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't even call the incest heavy like it's not incest heavy and i wouldn't call the incest in it heavy that's another thing anyway the guest i had on for that film was like said to me like kayla i don't know how you like watch these things but like all the time because it's like very troubling to me <laughs> who, who was the guest <laughs> um hannah gamble she is a poet and she created a web series called Choose me an abortion story about a abortion. Anyway, so it's just becoming more apparent to me that I watch so much nasty stuff. Anyway, all that to say that I watch a lot and this still felt very disgusting to me, particularly disgusting. And <laughs> at time I was eating through a lot of it and that why <laughs> that was <laughs> that was complicated for me. And I don't normally have that issue. So like mm-hmm. it was particularly what disturbing. were your uh, what were you consuming? Well, I watched like this in thick- two sittings. Um, so yeah, I'll admit I watched in two sittings as well. Yeah, I was uh, I did it in one. Wow, trooper! <laughs> but I my hy- my hypothyroid kicked in a couple mm-hmm. times. I can't remember specifically. I think I had like some ramen. There was some popcorn. Did it affect the taste at all? Or it made me a little ill at certain points. Yeah, a little ill. Uh, and I'm just not normally like very squeamish at all. But I, this was just so like, there was so much of it. Like I said, it was like so unrelenting. Like every frame, every time the camera turns around, like mm-hmm. something disgusting is happening. And you see, it's not just like somebody's picking up shit and rubbing it on their face. It's like you saw the shit come out of the ass. Yeah. And now it's on the face, you know, like. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's just, kind of an I, innovation. Uh, it's yeah. sort of an, it, one of the things is like I was just very desensitized, even though I'm calling this a very disgusting yeah. movie. I wasn't like reactionary, like 
I, I, I just like kind of like was getting tired of it, you know, <laughs> not, not like, like I was like, I've seen this before, you know, you've seen this. Happening. I had never seen anything like this. I guess I don't watch it. Jordan's admitting it, to have, having seen yeah. some things. And like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like the, the, the spring loaded device, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Learning a lot about, yeah. And the first night I watched it, cause I, you know, I watched it. it hmm. Yeah. I watched this the exact way the director intended it, which is, over multiple phone? sittings and on a 15 inch laptop screen <laughs> um Incredible. which is yeah and the first night i was eating cheese puffs and had to stop eating them because i was like yeah i just well cheese puffs are completely fucking disgusting no they're great um and but they melt but in your ones, mouth yeah and these ones i could not enjoy because mm-hmm. it felt something felt wrong yeah like little terry it's kind of it's kind of cool that a movie evoked that at least oh yeah, yeah totally turned my stomach many many I times i think that's unique that's unique mm-hmm. for me because I'm not normally made sick by anything. One of my favorite movies in the world is a really disgusting movie called Relaxer. Have you guys seen? No. Well, you got to watch Relaxer. Let me, let me look it up. Relaxer. Relaxer, 2018 film directed by Joel It Petrakis. seems like a, an iron, irony title there. Hmm. Irony driven title. It's about a guy who does a challenge to get to this level of Pac-Man that's like impossible to get to, but he is not allowed to get off of the couch or... Like at all, he can't lay down on the couch. He can't stand Ugh. up. He can't do anything till he reaches the end of this um, video mm. game. But it takes like a full year. So, so it's like the uh, <laughs> the sloth killing in the movie Seven. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't remember Seven. It's a, it's a narrative, right? Not a documentary. True. Yeah, I've actually had three people from the film on the podcast. So some oh, of them multiple shit. times. So you should watch Relaxer because well, I think you'll like it. <laughs> based on my experience of this film i'll check it out both of you it starts with the milk challenge so oh <laughs> i've seen that happen in person though in real life so that I well it was inspired by real life events what was the milk challenge are you okay <laughs> no i have a cough right now but what was oh. the milk challenge <laughs> you're having covid on the podcast um, <laughs> no, I, I already had COVID. I had, I oh. had it last week. Hell yeah. Um, it was good, though. We're, it was better than this. Yeah, better than the long COVID you're currently experiencing. Yeah. Um, what was the question I forgot already? What's the milk challenge? Oh, um, when should you, I do it? When you have no. to drink a gallon of milk within, I think it's like an hour or something. That's horrible. Jordan, Brett did it. Our PA, Brett. I believe yeah. I've done it, though. No, you have not done it, dude. So, like, the filmmaker of Relaxer used to do it with his friends, like, in college all the time, where they would have a party and do it, and then uh, everybody would puke, but, like, whoever goes the longest without puking, like, wins, but then he's like, when you get to the last person who's puking has drank an entire gallon of milk, so when they puke, it's, like, a full gallon of milk worth of puke. I'm I'm surprised that. uh... Pretty cool. Anyway, this is not... We've already done an episode mm-hmm. on Relaxer, and uh, <laughs> yeah. time. this movie has enough puke of its own. Yeah. Anyway, watch yeah. Relaxer, everybody. <laughs> Josh is coming back on the pot. Josh Burge, not you, um, <laughs> who stars in Relaxer, coming back on the pot again soon. Anyway, where, where were we in the middle? We've basically been stuck we're on basically the scientists mutilation. come back. They find Ramada after Ramada's like killed a bunch mm-hmm. of people. You're right. Right. And they like, they're kind of like, time to get going, pal. And he's like, you know, I can't go back. Right. He broke the rules. Now he has to suffer the consequences. I've become one of them. Yeah. I guess in the book, he does go back to Earth. But in the movie, 
is exiled from their community, but he stays on the planet and he d- he makes the decision to remain in exile versus leave their planet. I don't know. I why. thought I didn't really understand the exact ending, but I really love the part where he's wearing like modern glasses. Yeah, I liked that too. That was like one of the coolest parts of the movie. And that's like the only time where you really see the like sci-fi and it's literally just like a pair of glasses as like the most modern technology in the movie. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, which is a good a idea. Too. And then I, I did like the saxophone at the end and the people talking about how they didn't like yeah, because it mm-hmm. hurt their stomach or something like that. It's like a great, like... Yeah, there's like a little kid, like, struggling yeah. to play, like, a tuba, and it's, like, going really poorly, and then he comes <laughs> through, like, Kenny G style, Dude, and, like, busts that's out so this funny. sack, like... Yeah. I, I, I had a... That's really <laughs> funny you said that, because... <laughs> I had I had a I had a Kenny G analogy about this movie. Okay. Jordan called me right before we did this, asking if he should say this. No, no, I didn't episode. ask. I was like, I was like, do you think you, you can ask for your permission? No, no, I was like, do, do you think you can banter off of this? And you were pitching ideas for your conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We had it all mapped out. And uh, I love th- this. This one almost didn't make the cut, but uh, now, now my room- but now I've kicked it off. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you said Kenny G. Uh, I. I said it's like I showed it to my like roommate who's a jazz musician and like you know what this is it's like if like you take someone to like you promise them chicoria but you give them like you know a night's worth of Kenny G not just like you know a slim 40 minute chicoria set you give them four hours of (laughs) Kenny G and uh and that's disappointing to you I disagree with the analogy now Mm, okay yeah it's like three hours of Kenny G not four It's not accurate. Yeah, the recorder playing at the beginning of the movie, he's like really sucking the recorder for a while, you know, and then he gets Mm -hmm. going. It's not a recorder, though. I think it's it's a sax. It is a soprano looking sax that is not actually a sax either. It's just some like. It looks like a cross between like a clarinet, a recorder, and a saxophone. I called it an oboe in my notes at first. Mm. Couldn't tell you what an oboe is either, though. They're kind of all the same thing. Let's be yeah, honest. some woodwinds. Yeah, but something. but this this one this one had three keys on it and only three keys. Some kind of weird flute. Well, it's like a trumpet, right? Trumpets only have three keys. Mm, good point. It was the sound of a sax, though. Anyway, yeah. So that's some, and I mean, it's all done in post <laughs> anyway. So it's not like he was actually using it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely like a saxophone in post. Um, but, uh, He's just miming the instrument. Yeah. At first, I found it annoying, and then I kind of liked it. Hell yeah. I liked it the whole time. The sax. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not the movie. Okay. I also liked um, that part. Well, we get a titular line in there too. Twice. Yeah, we have one that's an actual titular line and one that's very close, very but close. not quite. That's yeah. right. We have one where the guy looks into the camera and almost says the title of the movie and then yeah. gets a finger jammed up his nose. Yes. I thought that was so funny. It's like a meme. Like you look into the, ca- the camera and say the title of the movie and he like basically did it in the movie. You know, yeah. Sick. Yeah. No, it was awesome. I believe he does say though, it is hard to be a god. That's what, Yeah. The, the second time oh, he does okay. do the All actual right. title yeah but he's like a god a god can be tired too yeah <laughs> he says if you write about me write that it's hard to be a god and then you go oh he says- <laughs> now it was all worth uh, it and then he falls asleep in his furs <laughs> yeah i believe that the director never intended the movie to be titled hard to be a god that's true there was some contention i think it was like the fall of arkanor or like the what, uh, there's there also like three different titles one of them was like what the tobacconist said was like mm-hmm. one of the titles or something like that thank thank god they didn't go with that no. but like yeah. i think we should take that i think if we, we had to say that. tobacconist throughout yeah. this podcast no yeah that'd be you. rough 
Heart to be yeah. a God's a great title. <laughs> hard to be a tobacconist. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard in this day and age. Yeah. We we kind of glossed over the fact that there is this guy that can grow tobacco in the movie. Yeah. We glossed over that entirely. You're right. <laughs> we glossed over actually a lot of like yeah. the things that happen in this film because ultimately most of them are unimportant. Yeah. And we were discussing larger <laughs> themes and, and elements. But <laughs> but I mean, like the actual like things that happen, they're largely yeah. unimportant. Yeah. Would you agree or disagree, Jordan? <laughs> Lots of smiling. <laughs> I, I, I wonder I, what's behind it. <laughs> I just find the find I find the whole thing entertaining. Like the situation that like we put you through this movie. We put ourselves through yeah. this movie. It is very and funny. Then like, and then, like, you know, the discussing of the movie is much better than the actual experience of watching it. Thank which you. Which is tainting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, really tainting how I feel about the movie. Because, like... Because you're having such a great time that you're associating positive feelings with the film. I know. And it's, like, I almost, like, <laughs> am going to look back at, like, the slog of watching it with, like, fondness now. Aww. <laughs> I agree. I agree. This... I already like the movie and like I already feel like I'll have even more nostalgia just because talking about it has been. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking so, this so, is a huge compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From both of yeah, Definitely. You've you've crushed it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's also wow. like a fun I, movie. I, I also like that you have a podcast called Screen Vomit and like I feel like there's a connection <laughs> to like this movie. You a lot know, of screen that, vomit like, on this mm-hmm. in this film. Yeah. Well, so when I started this podcast, I used to have a co-host, and he had like a folk punk band called Scream Vomit. Mm. Um, and so when we were making the podcast, we go, "What? How can we make something that's like having to do with movies, but lets people know that we're also kind of fucked up?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go Scream Vomit. Uh, it, but yeah, it does fit. Yeah, as much of a slog <laughs> as the movie is, in and a then way. my favorite film is Relaxer, which has like a famous. Puking scene. vomit, yeah, the milk. <laughs> yeah, how would you compare the vomiting scene in that to this movie? It's vomit. Well, I would say when I was thinking about this movie, and um, I, I know like a lot of my discussions of relaxer with other people are other people saying this movie is so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that it's necessarily even a, a bad thing or anything, but just like yeah. it, it's noticeably disgusting. <laughs> And I was like, that's my favorite film ever. I'm Maybe not ever. I don't know. But it's it's one of my favorites. So I was comparing the two. But I mean, they're almost incomparable because they're so f- fucking different. But, but yeah. also similarly, I think when we get to rating, I almost want to be like, how do you rate something like this? Because it's not like anything else. Mm-hmm. It's- you rate it on like a star scale. So well, you start yeah. off with like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's just the same way I felt about when I watched Relaxer. I was like, this movie is unlike anything I've ever seen. So knowing that that's true to me, how do you rate it when you can't compare it to anything else? You can't say like, this is better mm-hmm. than or worse than or similar to or... I rate this movie four stars and therefore by comparison, this is something else like I, it, it's almost impossible to, to achieve because it's so unlike anything. Yeah. All, all the things that I was comparing it to uh-huh. have a common thing in that they are like these more experiential mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I've also for the record, it. not seen any of the movies that you've said, I don't think so. Right. It could be that I just don't know, but that, that was the same about relaxer is like, there are other movies like, that movie but i hadn't seen them then i i would say that like with the exception of i mean even andre rublev is pretty experiential but like come and see and son of saul definitely like they do rely heavily on like this kind of crazy visual style and almost a new visual style and a new way of like 
approaching sound to their movie. You should, you should check out Son of Saul and come and see. They, they're both on my list. I watched, I did another um, film for the podcast called Tower that somebody told me was similar to Son of Salt, but I don't, I have no idea. Just in the way that they were filmed. Are you familiar with Kazik Radwanski's work at all? This is the no. type of shit. I only know <laughs> stuff that nobody else ever has heard of. It, I've never it, seen it's, anything it's, normal. Is <laughs> Tower partially animated? Is no. it about the guy that shoots people from a... All right, no. then it's There's probably the several movie. movies called Tower, but um, mm-hmm. Kaz is like a Toronto filmmaker, like indie filmmaker. He has like three or four features he just had one come out called Anne at 13,000 feet anyway he has like a a style where he shoots like really close to the face and it's it's almost like suffocatingly close and never leaves that area you never see like any zoom out of anything the whole film is shot in close-ups of people's faces wow um so somebody told me and I don't know if this is true or not because I haven't seen the film but somebody told me that Son of Saul had some of that in it as well it's almost like it is like stylistically a third person movie that is very claustrophobically like close to the you know you're you're seeing everything as if you're right behind the character Mm -hmm. you know like with him yeah it's really stunning yeah and horrible like to like or horrifying it's really amazing but it's like the technique is i mean like i i think it's undeniably that effective that this movie that we're talking about is you do have like an evocative reaction to it so how do you evaluate that is a good question because i started off wanting to evaluate it with a mean bad rating but now i'm not so sure yeah have we gotten there or are we not there we have basically like rolled the creds like he's exiled and then it's creds and the creds are silent and that's it the movie's over so it, unless we've missed anything that you guys wanted to touch the on the post credit scene where we're given the uh sneak peek of the sequel you know hard to be a god too oh, yeah the hard to be a god cinematic that's universe right that. yeah tony stark shows up and is like <laughs> yeah we need a jacked and demented man yeah. <laughs> Who loves ripping people's like intestines out with big smooth titties? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to join our team, I'm surprised he didn't buzz his head earlier because his hair is yeah. wet and matted the whole movie, and like there's so many times like, man, that looks so uncomfortable. So yeah, I know, I know. This movie made me want to get a haircut, and then I did. But it's like nice. everybody has long hair, right? Does everybody? I did. Yeah. Everybody in the film. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody in real life. Yeah, I think so. I think everyone except like the the young boy has like a short haircut. And there's like that woman who's like kind of naked who has like a buzz cut or like a shaved head where like the little princes. But but it's it's fairly common for there. I guess there are a couple bald people. But But yeah, yeah, no, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. People to have longer hair, right? Yeah, yeah. I I just felt like when. Or maybe it was the beard. I don't know. But I felt like when he had a haircut, not only it was like startling for his character, but like mm-hmm. just in the world, it seemed like he didn't fit in that world. True. Being trimmed like that. That's all. Definitely. Yeah. With the glasses as well. He yeah. Looked, yeah. Yeah. It was very I don't even remember the glasses. You guys are talking about the glasses a lot. And I, I was that not that even. They, on it that was radar. like this amazing moment yeah. that it's, he's like you, you crouched see him over like a, close up yeah. over from overhead or like a high angle it's like it's brief it's like it's, it's like fast, if you, yeah. one could miss it if like they were like i mean the movie is so dense yeah with it's like very imagery easy to miss that, lots of stuff but the end uh, by contrast also is pretty stark like when when mm-hmm. they're taking him away 
they're like not only is the entire it's not rainy there it's snowy like everything is different it's snowy there's nothing around it's just kind of nothingness it's very opposite to everything else that's been in the film yeah glimpses of the places outside of like our main locations it's like so nice when he like went to that like kind of swampy marshy landscape it was like a nice visual break from like you need it yeah it's like what the movie could have also been you just think about all the possibilities mm-hmm. of like you know had it like been in the right hands like ours you know <laughs> like you would truly have like not only something watchable but like you know possibly much better <laughs> Okay, so we uh, what I'm hearing is we've explored every aspect of this film. You have nothing more to say uh, or that needed to be mentioned specifically about the film. So now we can get into rating. So I'm going to ask y'all what you want to give this out of five. I would give it like a four or four and a half or something. I mean, I just thought it was like an incredibly unique, very cool movie that was difficult to watch. But like, I think once I adjusted myself to what the movie was going to be, I really was hypnotized by it. And, um, you know, it was like very troubling and I I definitely like messed up my sleep the two nights I watched it. Um, (laughs) But I thought it was very cool. What what was the break point for you? Like, what was the pause point for both of you guys real quick? Like, I don't remember. Both watched it. No, for me, it was about an hour in, but it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this is like so grueling. I need Mm -hmm. to stop. It was just like, I I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I want to do something. Yeah, I think I was just too tired. I think (laughs) I like started it too late. I started this on uh, the second day of like being bedridden with cramps, so <laughs> it was also like yeah, tough time a very <laughs> uh, pain situation. It was just a, a lot at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really have the option to take a break, but I wish I did. But I did have to rewind it by like five minutes twice. Yeah, I, I do think this movie, like rating it, is like weird because, like you said, it's so different from other movies. And I mean, there are references that jump to mind, like Andrea did jump to mind, Jordan. You know, like like like, like there are comparisons, but it just feels so much of its own thing that I I feel like I just had to I feel like I, I have an easy time giving imperfect movies high ratings if it feels like they're unique and if it's like nothing yeah. I've seen I feel like this is one of those cases where it's like yeah it was like a little rough and like it wasn't perfect and had you know it was a punishing brutal movie but it was just so unique and interesting and you weird. respect it totally mm-hmm. I yeah I think I just kept wishing it was these other films like I kept wishing it was just like Andre Rublev and uh I feel like I would be shamed by a handful of friends for like wanting something that is just the same experience as that but like that being said if we're gonna just go back to the ratings I would put it at a 3.5 out of 5 which is okay. uh yeah. all right you know it's not unwatchable um <laughs> but you also think three is unwatchable yes okay okay so just barely <laughs> Okay, so you're slightly above unwatchable on this one. Yeah. But I think that you guys ultimately have a similar opinion, is that you don't think it's perfect, you don't think it's structurally or emotionally what you want out of a movie, but you respect it a lot. I would recommend it to... I would recommend other movies to most people, but I can imagine recommending it to some people in my circle. Okay. Which is, you know... Liked it enough to be able to recommend it. I, I think if you're like a sicko, slightly masochistic, <laughs> <An absolute> sicko. <laughs> I think if you're like a little bit like masochistic and you don't want to like enjoy your night and <laughs> potentially like 
if you don't want to, if you want someone to break up with you, mm. you could put on this movie and say things like, "Oh man, isn't this the greatest movie of all time?" <laughs> like this would be a great I'm... like projected on the wall at a party. Mm. I do, I, mm-hmm. I, I do, I do that. You know, that might be actually like the ideal vibe. <laughs> yeah, for this totally. Film. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. What What would you give it? Um, like, like I said, I struggle because of what I said earlier. Like, it's not like anything else. I don't think it, I mean, it's hard to compare it to anything else. But I think ultimately, I respect it. I respect it so much. Um, the set of it all is so impressive to me. Just how everything looked was so impressive to me. I don't even know how you begin to like accomplish what they accomplished in this film visually and and viscerally (laughs) Um, (laughs) that is like so fucking sick to me were we missing things in the plot and the story yes you know i i've watched many things that are hard to follow or that are complicated to follow or that are like even things that are completely nonsensical like you literally cannot follow and enjoyed them but i felt like the beginning of this film i was so lost that like it almost wasn't enjoyable because <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was lost enough that I could let go. I felt like there was something I wasn't catching, you know? So what do you give it when that's what I think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think we all ultimately think about it. the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to yeah. go. I, I think just the set was so impressive to me. I think I'm going to go four. But I struggle between three and a half and four because also I think the sound took me out of it a lot Mm -hmm. so then like then what do you do but the set was so impressive and so cool and the fact that it was able to make me sick i think is an achievement (laughs) (laughs) yeah it definitely like brings you it it either pulls you into it or brings itself into the world which i think is a cool i literally felt like juicy like i i felt gross (laughs) yeah and i i don't have like that doesn't happen to me really it doesn't doesn't reach outward to me very often so i think that that's an achievement and i think that that's something worth noting Mm -hmm. jordan are you having more thoughts yeah i am just thinking it's hard to follow hard to be a god (laughs) and i think that has double meaning there because like it's hard to follow it with anything but also is hard to follow and i think that's a beautiful thing but you're sticking with three and a half I, yeah. Like you, three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, there's not much else like it, and uh, I don't <laughs> recommend it. To I most, think but, I, I don't uh, know if I would recommend the it's entire worth, film it's, to mm-hmm. anyone. I you can't just turn off a movie. I've only really done hard. that a few times, but you can't do that. And it does. It's a you bad know, thing to do that. This was right. seven years of production and seven years of post, and you know, thirty something years of this guy's life. I think. You're right, and I I don't think that like. I take back everything I said about don't watch. (laughs) Even even if I wasn't like forced to watch this film, which I kind of am because I had to make I literally had to make it to the end to be able to discuss it with you guys. I think I I wouldn't have just turned it off. I have started a lot of movies that I just turn off that they're unbearable to me or. That's a that's a sin. uh, I'm also. 
Actually, I've I'd there are so many movies on my watch list. I'm not wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I'm at these days like, too. I can watch something that I want to watch. You know, that's... same, same so, with books. Also, these days, I will like just yeah. drop a book because I, I do I, not I, read. I, mm. <laughs> Can't. In fact, I walk out of movies. Yeah, Jordan, you walk out of movies a lot. I feel like. Yeah, I walked out of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> you know, I can't blame you for that, but I feel like once you get all the way to the theater, it's going to take a lot to make me walk out of a movie. I don't know. Mm. If, I, I imagine did you have I have. Uh, I did. Did you have movie I did pass? have movie pass. I currently am an AMC Stubbs member. I also used to work at the movie theater when I was a teen. Oh, so, Jordan too. Yeah. Jordan used to get us into movies in high school. Hell yeah! Yeah. So so even you know I am a person who turns off films at times, but I don't think even with that being true that I would have turned this off because I find the environment so captivating. I was kind of okay. Even like as much as I hated being lost in the plot and whatever the fuck was going on, I was kind of okay dealing with it because I found the environment so interesting mm-hmm. and unique. Yeah, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I, I agree. Also, yeah. <laughs> one one thought about the movie, and or just yeah. sort of like a connection for anybody into like strange music. One of the ways I heard about this movie is there's this British musician named Richard Dawson, uh-huh. um, and he put out an album called Peasant. It's a concept album. It's from it's from pretty recent, sometimes the last like eight years. And he made it after watching this movie. And he said he wanted to create an album that sounded the way this movie looked like this very creaky, sinewy, gritty, kind of gnarly medieval thing. And so it's a concept. That's cool. It's a concept album about medieval times. It's got like different songs for different characters. There's like peasant, ogre, soldier, like shapeshifter. And it's yeah. it sounds a little crazy but it's really good um so if anybody wants weird music related to this movie specifically check out that album peasant hell yeah ari aster has also cited this film as an inspiration for midsummer so oh interesting. we did that on pod but unfortunately it is archived it's in those early episodes so mm. i hope no i hope we were good enough to make it to the to uh, main podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you were i only i've archived my first like 20 episodes so they're long ago as this is actually what's crazy is this episode is going to come out on the three-year anniversary of this podcast oh wow and and it's a three-hour movie we're doing okay Ooh. and a rare three-person episode okay Like, what's going on here? You know, like, it's kind of too much. It's kind of Jim Carrey number 23, but... Yeah, get the board. The regular number three. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Hey, congratulations Uh, on three years. And it's March, third month of the year. True. (laughs) And technically, this is the third hour, right? It's 10. We started seven. (laughs) This is our third hour of recording. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's coming up threes. It's literally number 23, but with three and me. And And we have to give it all three stars. I'm revising my rating. Oh my rating. god! <laughs> I'd love so to anyway, take that's a wild yeah. thing that's happening in, with us right now. <laughs> okay, so we can close out the film, but wait, I do still have another segment. Unfortunately, <laughs> y'all are stuck with my ass for the day. Now it's time for screen vomit. this part of the pod we just talk about whatever else we've been watching uh movie shows whatever else y'all been watching recently let her rip 
Jordan. You the Living, Harlan County, USA, mm. Actors by Betsy Brown. What are these like? Buffalo you like 66. it? Yeah, these these are all mostly movies I uh These are just movies really you've like. seen in your life that you like, not what you're watching. It's lately. a very like joyless recitation yeah. of movies, just very dry, just <laughs> <laughs> A Very list of your favorite joyless. films, but that's not films you've been watching yeah. lately. Mutual appreciation. Yeah. These are films Norma I've seen. Ray. No, these are the ones I've recently watched. You're not listening to me. I just, I just said I watched them, okay? No, no, no. I know. I know. All right. But All you've right. seen some watched, of these before. I watched Hannah Ha Ha. I have to watch Hannah Ha Ha tomorrow. God damn Why? it. Why? Because I had to get this DCP done. It's mm-hmm. like a technical... Um, technical thing I wouldn't understand no you would understand I just gotta explain <laughs> it it's, uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> movie, movie theaters pro- movie theaters project DCPs and not film mm. and the ProRes 422 file will actually be better than the DCP <laughs> but it's not gonna make a difference to anyone but you still gotta test the movie every time you export it mm. but you can only test DCPs at a theater but I can't invite anyone to the theater to enjoy it so I have to be alone in this theater. Why? Even though I, well, I wanted to invite, you know, all these people I love, uh, but it's a private thing. And Roger said it's private. Like, don't invite Oh, people. he did? I didn't, just, that's really funny. Yeah. Nice. And I love Roger. A shout out to Roger shout for out to- getting us a private screening of a movie that we uh, have watched a thousand times. <laughs> you can't even enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to enjoy it, I hope. I, it's a good movie, and I get to see my friends, and not not in not person, in person, obviously. On the yeah. on the screen, you get to imagine seeing your friends, yeah. yeah, yeah, and daddy. Josh, you haven't had to watch Hannah Haha in a while. Had to watch it. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't been subjected to our film in a while. I'll watch it again soon, probably. My mind's totally on the new stuff. I haven't. I haven't really. Same here. Yeah, Kayla. I'll watch it again uh, one of these days. Well, huh. are you gonna be in Massachusetts this summer? Mm, probably not. I have been in Massachusetts before. I played in Boston. Boston's the worst part of Massachusetts. I don't want to be a uh, controversial on the pod. Well, you know, I had a great time. You did? <laughs> okay. I live in Worcester yes. and it's a lot cooler than Boston. I uh, Boston's not as bad as Josh is saying it is, mm-hmm. but Worcester is cooler. And that is supposed to be a controversial statement. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to Worcester. How do you supposed to say it? Worcester. I say I, I say Worcester. The technical pronunciation. Yeah, the technical. Yeah, if you want to be technical about it, you say <laughs> Worcester. Yeah, maybe one day I'll make it back out there. I'd hope. I'd hope to. I liked being in Boston before. Um, but why did you ask? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Uh, there's probably you could you could probably be in our new movie because it's got like a thousand roles to fill. Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to if you want to be in it, we're trying to. Wait, if I have a point to coming out there. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, you guys are filming a new feature or what? Of course. This isn't plugs yet, but you can tell me about it. Is it low key? I don't think so, but like, I guess now, yeah. Well, off the pod. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it after pod. This, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, we can talk about it after pod. You don't have to cut this part of the pod, but we'll. What we'll, we've said we'll so move. far is acceptable, but just no further is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very secretive. Um, Josh, would you like to give your uh, list of what you've been watching lately? Yeah, uh, well, I watched this movie Hard to Be a God that made me kind of sick. Um, and then yeah. I rewatched uh, one of my favorite movies, The American Friend. I watched it with my mom the other Never day. Never heard of that. What's it about? It's a Wim Wenders movie, and it's basically Ooh. about like this picture framer that is, you know, he's basically uh, made to be like a hitman. I don't want to spoil okay. too much about it, but it's a good like sus- like new wave German kind of suspense thriller mm-hmm. with like really cool cinematography and and great performances. 
Hell um, yeah. What else did I watch? I watched Manhunter recently. Okay. What do you think about that? Had you seen it before? I had not seen it before, actually, but mm-hmm. I, I like Michael Mann a lot. And uh, I actually thought it was way better than Red Dragon. And I mean, it's a very weird movie. I kind of enjoyed it more than Silence of the Lambs, even, I think, which is. It looks so much better. Like, it looks like it has a lot more visual dynamics and like everything about. I mean, Michael Mann is just a more competent director than the guy who directed. Well, what uh, I think is Silence really funny is I actually feel like people criticize Manhunter for being more dated and more 80s. But I feel like when you watch silence of the lambs now it's not good it feels it's not good weird. Well, it's not that it's not good but i feel like silence of the lambs in a way feels a lot more dated than manhunter in certain yeah, ways yeah it's it has not aged as well which is i haven't seen manhunter but i just know <laughs> I, yeah to be clear i haven't seen any of the films we're trying <laughs> we watched silence of the lambs and I, I didn't think it was good the first time yeah i i've kind of come around we've made better movies than silence, <laughs> yeah, so silence of the yeah. lambs has like a notoriety or something like it, it hangs around for some reason yeah that's jonathan demi dem dem yeah i uh not an interesting director <laughs> there's shots drag them yeah i'm trying to think what else i forgot i watched american movie oh, american yeah. movie was amazing mm-hmm. yeah it rips had you not seen that before i hadn't and uh i want josh to see yeah i'll, I'll check it out soon I, uh... it's been it's inspired so much so many films like it, it, it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is oh my beautiful. god <laughs> <laughs> um josh did you have other entries for your list um, you, you saw mutual attri- you saw oh mutual yeah jordan and i we, we watch mutual appreciation we live in different places but we watch mutual appreciation we started at the same time and watched Aww. it and then talked uh-huh. about it on the phone I'd, li- I'd like to do more of yeah that, that was fun honestly. that was nice i enjoyed that, that. awesome yeah that was mm-hmm. that was nice it was a good movie i i, I like mutual appreciation then I watched Z. Z was a movie I really loved. Z was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Jordan, and I, we have actually watched most of the list. Jordan gave his list. I feel like we've watched a lot of the same movies lately, like Norma Ray and Harlan mm-hmm. County, that sort of thing. Very good movie. Yeah, very, very good movie. So yeah, that's that's about it for my list, I guess. Hell yeah! All right, I got some things too. Yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of shorts on my list for this week. So after watching uh, Hard to Be a God, I did a shorts double. Not a double feature, a double shorts shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> of Pal of the Pod, Alex Kavutsky's short. I earring. love Alex Kavutsky. Yeah, have you seen That's his my series? How to... I've seen. Have you seen everything he's ever made? Dude, he says I'm his number see... one fan. <laughs> Oh my no no I'm his uh I love that one that's uh You can't be his number one fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> his, the, I have the one literally about, like, watched everything make... he has ever made. <laughs> the the Christmas one and then how to make movies, uh, how to like Alex Kowalski's guide that? to filmmaking. Yeah, I tried to get Josh to watch that and he should really watch it. You should tell should. Josh to watch it. Also uh it's so John Milstein great... stars as Alex Kowalski in Alex Kowalski's guide to filmmaking. He's amazing. He's so goddamn funny. But Diaz also in Alex Kowalski's guide to filmmaking has been on the pod. He's in Kavutsky's show. Mm-hmm. He plays he like a cameraman. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, Kavutsky's amazing. He's also my friend. And uh, so funny. When I was in LA recently, I took him to see Strawberry Mansion, which is a movie I'd already seen. Kentucker Oddly's movie. Yeah, the, the, reject, the, the rejectionist. <laughs> <laughs> I had already seen it, but Alex hadn't. And he loved it. And I love it. I love Strawberry Mansion. It's a great film. Um, but the, the double shorts that I watched was uh, Alex's short Earache. And Joey Izzo's short, I Was There Too, which I like to think of as being in the same cinematic universe. Like, Demorge Brown stars in both of them, and uh, I feel like it's a continuation of his character to watch them in that order, Earache and then I Was There Too. I love those two shorts together. 
Uh, I love both those filmmakers and watch those shorts. <laughs> Damn, you're right, man. Yeah. Kavitsky's amazing. I I, I got to rewatch Guide to Filmmaking. He's incredible. It's so good. Have you seen Earache? I've seen the Santa one or the Christmas mm-hmm. one. Gilbert's Little Christmas. It's Actually, amazing. The star of Gilbert's Little Little Christmas is Bud Diaz. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. He's good. He's so goddamn funny. Um, but those are like both really good, but they're not even my favorite. You, you Ear- I think s- Earache is one of the best shorts. Like that there is. I think it's a perfect short. And then he has a short called Cool Dad Official Trailer, which is on HBO, which was an Adult Swim infomercial. That's also one of my favorites. One of the funniest things there is. I watch Earache. This on uh, easily available. Do yeah, you, it's do on... Guide to Filmmaking. You, the, you can do both. The guide to Filmmaking is so good. <laughs> Where can I find these? They're on his Vimeo or no Earache is on youtube got it i'll check them out have you seen kill the baby i need to see them all okay you really got to watch kill the baby because that's incredible that's nine episodes but it's also it was a channel 101 thing so they're all five minutes except for the last one damn i love the yeah oh my god i really got to get back on my kavutsky streak you have to he's literally the best i mean sorry alex if you're listening he's also been on the pod (laughs) i love that guy he's an incredible writer he's an incredible filmmaker so funny he has a feature too you know yeah, it's on Prime. It's not on Prime anymore. Yeah. The only way to watch it now is through a private Vimeo link with password that I can give you if you'd like. <laughs> I'll I'll take that. Uh, I'll take both. I'll take the password and the link. <laughs> I'll email those to you. And if anybody Thank listening you. wants to watch Alice Kowitzki's feature on the rocks, send me an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com. I'll send you the link and password. Okay, I still have a couple things to mention on my list. Um, Another short that I loved called Stilts by Dylan Holmes Williams, uh, who is a very cool shorts filmmaker as well. He does these really cool, like, surrealist, fucked up shorts. <laughs> Stilts is about, like, a society of people who are all born with stilts on their feet like as part of their body and they have to live that way and they don't want to i guess is really the the long and short of it (laughs) tall and short if you will i watched a whole bunch of yorgos lanthimos films i've been kind of working my way through his filmography so i rewatched the lobster which i had seen previously and dogtooth which i had seen previously and then i watched canetta which is another feature of his and necktie and nimic which are two shorts that he's done all of them are amazing i love yorgos lanthimos very great filmmaker recommend any one of those movies Dogtooth's my favorite so watch that um and i watched batman <laughs> mm. y'all seen this crap <laughs> i have not jordan you've seen it right yeah i actually gave it two and a half stars i think that's also what i gave it actually <laughs> wait so you think it's unwatchable <laughs> <laughs> no i uh no actually I, got, I gotta reevaluate how i rate things it's this whole yeah this, this whole conversation has shook you has made my head hurt yeah. with just what how do i approach this yeah what did you think about batman i mean you gave it two and a half stars but what were your thoughts josh can you pull up the letterbox review (laughs) you can do that i'm sure (laughs) is he bossing you he's directing we're directing each other jordan uh back to one i would like back to one reset i would like you to pull up the review (laughs) fetch me the review please yeah I love Robert Pattinson. I'm a big Pattinson head. I like him too. I'm a big Zoe Katz head, yeah. but I thought she was unwatchable and yeah. undesi- And I thought, like, I don't understand. Why is there a Catwoman character? What purpose does she serve? I can kind of agree in this film. I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily... Why is there even a Batman in this film? <laughs> in, such a, in such a gritty real world, 
where is there room for a bat? Yeah, surely, you know. <laughs> I did laugh out loud several times in the film um, just by them being like so serious but looking so stupid. Did, do you know what part was amazing <laughs> though? They're they're on the fucking motorbike, uh-huh. but it's like the only daylight scene or like one of the only scenes that's like as the sun is like setting, but like it's still too bright. Uh-huh. And they're on a fucking motorcycle. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. And it's yeah. just the most hilarious like they look yeah it looked really funny like it looked like cosplay i mean the it was just uh they look goofy I, a lot the whole paul dano twist uh-huh. like that he's played by paul dano is so frustrating it's why is like, that frustrating i thought paul dano did a great job no it's just i knew it was paul dano the oh, entire time i didn't i actually forgot i knew he was in the film at some point but i forgot and then when he was revealed it's just like go, it's wow. just like the movie hinged on it being played by him and then you already knew it was him because He's in the credits. I don't know. <laughs> I thought but. he did a great job in the film, though. I actually think the casting, sorry, Zoe Kravitz, because I generally don't have anything against her, but I just think she wasn't really good in this film. Um, but I generally think the casting was really good. I was really happy with all the casting choices throughout the film. I I want her to take over Wonder Woman now that she's uh, yeah, sure. gotten I could see that. Catwoman. Because she, she can move, she can... but like her and Robert Pattinson, sorry, they have zero chemistry at all. I don't <laughs> understand. Like he was like asexual and she's like, oh, don't you want to just make out? You love it when I put my lips all on your mouth and stuff. <laughs> it, 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 it was, like, it was basically like she wasn't picking up on his incel vibes. <laughs> no! and, uh... Incel vibes. Yes, he absolutely had incel vibes. And well, isn't the like... Riddler sort of supposed to be an incel in it too? He he seemed like the most celibate of all of them because he's played by Paul Dano. <laughs> That's Inter- rude. But did you have you seen like um pictures of when they when they're doing like press and stuff and they're all together? Like he almost kind of like disappears in the shot because he's like with all these like Hollywood gorgeous people. <laughs> Sorry, Paul Dano, but I mean, he disappears in the shot. Poor little fellow, bless his heart. But he's so good in the movie. <laughs> Speaking of Manhunter, I saw on Twitter today, someone posted uh, the deleted scene with the Joker uh-huh. where Batman's like coming to him. Do you guys see this? Where he's like coming to him for help no. catching the Riddler. And it's basically just like, why would he it's help It's just him? the they're, scene from Manhunter when he goes to get help from Hannibal Lecter. You know, it's like the same exact thing. I gotta just, rewatch it. It would be Man really Hunter. funny if they just cut in a scene from Manhunter. I mean, they might as well I have. That been... I remembered not liking Manhunter, but I think I need to rewatch it. It's like, you gotta check out all of Michael Mann's film. It wasn't as good as Thief, but it was still pretty cool, I thought. Can I recommend also some shorts? Because I I just watched, I keep rewatching Jack Dunphy's shorts. Are you familiar with his films? Um, I don't know. Tell me one. Serenity. Matthew McConaughey? No, Serenity. <laughs> There's a film with Matthew McConaughey called Serenity. <laughs> I think Jack Dunphy should sue Matthew. You never saw that film or heard about it? It's like uh, Matthew McConaughey lives in like a video game world oh. that like his son created or something when his parents got divorced. Damn. Uh, uh, this, this, that this sounds so good. So, this is so much. <laughs> this what? Is, uh... This is a stronger piece. Okay, Jack Dunphy, I'm on the page. Does he do animated stuff? Is Serenity yeah, animated? Yeah, yeah, animated. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. So what did you watch that you want to recommend specifically? Serenity. Oh, Serenity is the one. Okay. And then all, all of his shorts are, are amazing. That's it? That's all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for having. Yeah, thank thanks a lot. Hosting. It was a great time. Do you guys have plugs before we cut out? Let's we let's plug screen vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, people have already made it here, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. 
folks jumping in here in post to help the kings out with their plugs we recorded for a very long time and we struggled near the end so <laughs> you can find their short films sharon 66 hannah and april and bergmensch on jordan's vimeo and youtube channels sharon 66 was also on no budge they're currently promoting their feature, Hannah Haha, ha, which is doing festivals. You can find out where that's playing by following Hannah Haha ha Movie on Instagram. You can also follow Jordan on Instagram at Jordan underscore Tatuski. And I believe that is all the plugs for them. And look out for what they're cooking up in the future because it sounds like they're cooking up something. Okay, back to the show. We're both on Letterboxd, and Letterboxd is just incredible. Drop the names. What are your names on Letterboxd? Jordan loves to argue with people in the comments of our movie on Letterboxd and explain to them that actually every shot is perfectly in focus. So if you, if you, if you want to get into it with Jordan in the comments, go to our Letterboxd, Hannah Haha. Give the movie either one or five stars and leave a comment. Yeah, we're not how, looking. We're not looking for. We don't want threes. We want bullshit. ones or fives. And if and leave, we want the weighted average either going up or down. Yeah, dr- we don't want it to. Jordan stay leaves the beautiful same. reviews on his own movies. Yeah, he loves reviewing his own movies. He loves arguing <laughs> with people and calling people out in the comments. Josh, do you need to keep your uh, letterbox anonymous, or can I? Share you can share it. it. Wolf Roy. It's a, it's an incredible, incredible, and I. I love it. It's a great <laughs> it's a great profile with great reviews. Yeah, it's not some of which get deleted, so make sure you screenshot them. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, I, I didn't use it until very recently, but Jordan made me get it so I could give our movies five stars mm-hmm. on it. And so You it's... gotta have it if you're a film freak. Yeah, I've come to realize that. It's it's great for finding too. Like not Definitely. just for rating, but like I find so much on there. I've yeah. evangelized enough about Letterboxd, but I love it. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, I'm a fan. Hell yeah. So check out all that crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we can end the pod now. Thank you guys for joining me on the pod and for sitting with me for over three hours. <laughs> Thank you for hosting. If you want to make it a quick quick edit, just don't edit, you know? That's how I go about things. This will and... be a quick Turn around. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we've said thanks. All right. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Are you guys being shy now? No, I'm a, I'm a extrovert. I've never been shy. Extrovert. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Is that not how it's pronounced, Josh? It's not extrovert. I mean, I think people say extrovert, like just a little, you know, I don't think they emphasize the O so much, you know? (laughs) Yeah, how embarrassing. You said it wrong. (laughs) I'd like to leave that in. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, tell me throughout recording, just like tell me what you want to leave in and what you want out. And, you know, we'll see where, you know, the Lord takes Yeah, Jordan's going to be uh, telling you how to do your job the whole time. (laughs) He's going to be micromanaging and directing. Yeah, are you directing my podcast? (laughs) Yeah, he's always. I'm actually the lesser director, as we like to say. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Josh Josh always says that. (laughs) That's not true. That's a lie.